Welcome to the RVA Returners Podcast, your number one source for all things Final Fantasy TCG, sponsored by Ultimate Guard. Ladies and gentlemen, for two nights only in sunny Los Angeles comes the main event. Introducing first, three members of the Final Fantasy trading card game, North American World's team, Benjamin, the Birdman Parrot, the Loco One, Cody Snodgrass, and the Total Package, Kyle P. And with that, John, that's how we're going to introduce each member of the North American Worlds team for Final Fantasy Trading Card Game. Guys, welcome back to the next episode of the RVA Returners Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Adams. With me, next to the squared circle as always, John Schreiner. John, say hi to everybody. Well, hello, everybody. And uh, like I said earlier, we've got three special guests with us. We have uh, Mr. Benjamin Parrott, Mr. Cody Snodgrass, and I'd call him Kyle Peters, but Kyle Peters is his father. We're talking to KP. Guys, thanks for being here. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having us. And always a treat, especially having, you know, Cody, this, like, as Cody said earlier before we started recording, this isn't, you know, this isn't his, he's a frequent flyer mm-hmm. on Returner's Airways, and uh, always glad to have you in KP and Ben, this is your first time, first time on. Not my first time listening, though, so it's it's an honor to be on, thanks for having me. Oh, man, warms my tired old heart to hear that, but guys, y'all are, you know, y'all are gearing up for Worlds, this, y'all are kind of leading off this series that we're doing, we're going to be talking to every member of the North American Worlds team, kind of get to know you for, you know, this is the year that the game has seen a lot of growth, and we've seen a lot of new players, and, you know, like, we know you guys, but we want, you know, the rest of the, you know, rest of the community get to get to know you a little bit more, so we're going to be talking to you guys about, you know, pretty much all things Worlds, um, you know, the format, just, uh, you know, what you think of the the structure, the prizing overall, you know, what you would pick is the full art at the end, but we got a lot to talk about. But John, John, you know, they're here. The 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 morning edition is, you know, coming hot off the presses. You know, we've got a little bit of news, you know, but it's it's gonna be quality over quantity this week. So, John, I'm gonna need you to grab that stack of papers and tell me where I'm going. Chris, I think you've already spoiled it. But <laughs> every time, damn it. I believe Spider Man. I believe it's the news. Damn it, Spider Man. All right, guys. So news wise, not really a whole lot going on. Like I said, it's a quality over quantity. Uh, this past weekend was Opus Ten pre-release. Hey. Um, now I got a chance to participate, John. I know you were at BlizzCon. Yeah. This week. Um, yeah, really? Sweet. Yeah, it didn't yeah. stop me though. That's right. That's right. Because you, uh, you know, we'll kind of talk about everybody's experience now. Uh, guys, did y'all participate in any kind of pre-release this past weekend? 
Nice, uh, nice. I couldn't participate in the pre-release. I did two drafts, though. Okay, hey, cool. All right. Well, excellent, excellent. So, overall, guys, I, you know, Ben, we'll start with you, and then we'll kind of round it around to John and myself. So, what was your... You know, what was your early impression? What was your take on Opus 10 in a limited environment? Um, a lot of potential. Um, you can go for big plays. Um, the, the legend, the, the Thanos, he's just unstoppable. Um, and also, Hien or Hien, I don't know how the community is pronouncing him yet, that dark legend as well. If you just feel like you open either of those, like, mm-hmm. the rest is pretty gravy. Um mm-hmm. I actually took a lot of notes from KP's draft, though. Uh, he found some good synergies with some commons, so there's some mm-hmm. good backup strategies if you don't open those legends, uh, specifically with, like, Soldier Third Class and Geomancer for Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in the two drafts, uh, my first draft pool was pretty crazy. So I went four-color Onion Knights and actually still went X1. So that Sick. seems like high risk, high reward. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's going to be always that consistent. Uh, it was pretty crazy. And then... uh. And then the second draft, I stayed pretty, actually kind of mimicked Kyle's strategy from the first draft where he went undefeated and did like Fire Earth, which is a ton of good removal in both of those colors. Sure. Yeah, a lot of good cheap or low rarity removal in those colors. Mm-hmm. Now, was there a standout like MVP card that you ended up pulling? Um, no, no. Um, well, <laughs> actually, Legend of the Light. Legend of Warrior Light, I think, is a sleeper. Uh, he can be pretty big, and he can flood the field if you hit perfect, but he can also whiff and be kind of bad. But that damage 5 mechanic with him, where all your standard units get plus 5,000, is so huge because so many of those low-rarity cards are just standard units. Um, he's a glass cannon, though, because he's only 7,000 power. So there's so much removal that can just get rid of him, and your whole board just shrinks. So I don't know if there's good ways to protect him in this limited format yet. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. That is fair. So now, Cody, we're going to you next. How much pre-releasing did you do this weekend? Uh, not too much this weekend. I just actually just cracked my packs. That was all I really got to participate in, unfortunately. Okay, okay. Well, that's pretty lame. But, you know, I, I, I expect better from you, but I'm not too terribly disappointed this time. Um, you know. As you might have known, as you might have found out, uh, the General Motors strike has ended, so i got to get back to making this uh, blue-collar living out here. So. Oh, man, blue-collar all the way, baby. You're, you're talking my language. Um, now, as far as you really haven't had a chance to play with any of the cards, Cody, or maybe you have, maybe you've been proxying, I'm not sure, maybe you've been... What um what are your early impressions of the set, um, you know, more so focused on, a, on you know, from a limited aspect? Uh, as far as a limited aspect, I actually think the set is kind of bad for draft. I'm not a big fan of the set. Um, mm-hmm. There's a couple standout cards that I'm a pretty big fan of. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm obviously not a big fan of draft to begin with. Sure, so sure. You're much like myself. You and I are cut from the same cloth, sir. But yeah, I think there's a, there's a, a few packages that work well together. And then mm-hmm. there's a few that... Like the Sky Pirates package, just I don't think it's doing enough for me, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, they're not doing enough for me either, and that's <laughs> that's sad. Yeah, there's the one. What is it, the four drop eight K guy? I like him, but the mm-hmm. uh, ones that are surrounding him are kind yeah. of uh, yeah. Raz is good, Rickon's good, but like okay, to make those guys work, you've got to play a deck full of very mediocre cards, even in limited. Like, but um, you know, I said I'll talk more about that when we get down to me. But uh, KP. Oh, yeah. I know. I know you love limited. That's actually what uh, punched your ticket to worlds. Yep. Um, 
what are you what um well how was your pre-release and you know what are your kind of early impressions of you know from a limited standpoint and feel free to talk about like you know any synergies that you uh you know that you felt were going to be important going in so uh boy my cloud we're not playing sealed at worlds because it is abysmal mm -hmm. so the actual pre-release itself was i think not very fun mm -hmm. um i feel Part of that is because of you know backup counts and uh, there's just a lot of unplayable cards in the set. And when I say unplayable, I mean like the new Echo and new like uh, the new Mog Mobius. I think it's Mobius. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a couple other ones. It's just like the other one as well. That's just it's a it's the, a five CP do nothing. Yeah, it's it's a five CP evoker kind of thing. Yep. There's a three CP of like there's just can you play the lightning? Yes. But you don't want to play them. So mm -hmm. in draft, you can avoid that at least. Yeah, you'll get them as like shaft picks, and that's fine because, like, I would still play that three drop echo in a in a draft. I played a lot of Reeves back in my day. <laughs> like, you got to do what you got to do. But um, yeah, I, I'm glad we're not playing sealed. Uh, draft. Um, my normal strategy going into draft is look at all the good com, look at all the commons and point out the good ones because mm -hmm. when you put uh, when you pull the whole like heroes, the good heroes, good legends, um, starters, but I'm pretty sure we're not going to have starters. Uh, those are like once per set, so it's very unlikely that like if I pull Felthanos during practice, I mean, this, I might not get Felthanos at Worlds. Like, just throwing that out there. So, um, the practice is good, but realistically. I'm going to be playing with the commons the most. So I always try to aim for the commons. Mm -hmm. And uh, the biggest thing I did with Opus 9 in the commons was uh, I started with Mono Earth uh, Gariffs. Because mm -hmm. I was like, well, this is a good card to get in multiples. We'll see what happens. I, my original deck had like five or six Gariffs. And it was good. And it was fine. Like, And Earth was great. Um, and I ended up finding a strategy, Lightning Earth, with the Moogles because tap for multiple colors, all that stuff. I tried to have that approach with mm -hmm. Opus 10. Um, and it's a lot more difficult. Uh, I started with the fire stuff, like what Ben said, um, with mm -hmm. the Soldier 3rd class, I believe. Yep. And Geomancer. Um, those cards are pretty combo-y with each other. But, uh, and I was missing, I had like 22 fire cards in my deck. And I was missing the Geomancer every once in a while, but it just didn't matter. Mm -hmm. um, the only issue with that is it's kind of the Opus 8 astrologian strategy where like if anybody else is taking your soldier third classes you're going to get punished for that draft mm -hmm. so um i'm trying to find other things but i started on fire because fire shares with two moogles you have the water one that taps for uh, fire and then the fire one taps for ice so mm -hmm. that's where i started uh i'm pretty impressed by a lot of the other colors except for the whole like water wind sky pirates thing i think that's even mm -hmm. if you have everything i think the deck's just like average or below average so i don't know i still got a lot more research to do but um yeah the commons the commons are where i start like by ground zero so gotcha now did you have a uh like an mvp card that really just stood out just kind of got you there for your draft or for your pre-release uh i think it kind of got well for me it was caius but that's a hero so like mm -hmm. uh get away from that uh, I would say Sid Mobius. I think everybody could agree Sid Mobius is a really good card. Yeah, great. Yeah, he was busted. 
card is really, really good. Now, John, John, you, yes, uh, you, actually, you, you were at BlizzCon, but you still got to uh, try your hand at pre-release because uh, you made a, a special pit stop to the one and only Gregory Cole store, The Light. Yeah, that's right. I showed up uh, unannounced. Uh, well, only Greg knew I was coming. I thought everybody knew I was coming. Uh, mm -hmm. it turns out, nope. Uh, Greg was like, everybody wants you to come. I was like, okay. Because I was literally in bed, man. And they started uh, <laughs> they started streaming because they were doing like a really late event there. I mean, it wasn't like really late for you guys, but, or for them, rather. But, of course, you know, our time. It's, it's like 2 a.m. or something. So um, mm -hmm. I'm like, fine, fine. And I catch like a 40-minute Uber. And I get out to uh, the light, and it was awesome, man, actually, to get out there and see everybody. And, and I showed up in, like, two rounds in, but they had, like, a five or six round pre-release or something. They had so many people there. So Greg just handed me his deck, uh, and then he ran around, you know, like, doing store stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And I was playing his, it was, like, Fire Lightning. Um, mm -hmm. And Zach is definitely the standout card for me, dude. Zach was crazy. Mm -hmm. Zach was just like actually such an efficient uh, piece of removal. It gave me like the Gaius vibes. He's just better in like almost every way. Mm -hmm. Except for the, you know, he doesn't get me a guy, but still, he's like, you know, it's a, it's a he's a pretty great card. It's been limited. And then also the uh, lightning monster, the three drop lightning monster, whatever it's called, if anybody knows. Oh, Car know. Karma Chameleon, baby. That thing, yeah. Oh, God, that card was, uh, was great, man. I had like one of the light card that gets back a monster or a summon and I just like <laughs> had like three of those and like two or three of the fire goblin and mm -hmm. uh, I was just slamming monsters down left and right and just removing everything so it was a lot of fun. The only uh, times I lost were when somebody put Feofanos on the other side of the field and there was literally two cards in my entire deck that could do anything about it and they were Judge of Wings that could just dull it for one turn so it's like mm -hmm. okay cool well no, GG but, uh... <laughs> So, uh, as far as uh, you know, kind of your early impressions, what do you think of it? As a uh, you know, from a, again, it's a, it's you know, we didn't get to play draft, but we just got to see it in like a limited, you know, sealed standpoint. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, uh, some of the cards when they were spoiled, we've talked about them on the cast, Chris. Uh, like the yeah. Goblin Fire guy, we said, hey, this is great for limited, and it sure was. You know, it was a really strong mm -hmm. card. Um, that slow, like low rarity paste removal kind of is really important, I think, to mm -hmm. just kind of give every color access to. Um, mm -hmm. One thing that's a little tough is even though these hero summons are pretty good and constructed, a lot of them are really tough as hero slots mm -hmm. for sealed, especially, but for draft two, like the uh, like the chocobo can be a little tough, you know, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I think if you uh, pull an Ifrit in your first pack, you snap take that thing. Yeah, like though. you definitely take the Ifrit. Uh, Leviathan mm -hmm. is hard to combo with in this set. Like, yeah, some of those things are a little a little rough. And then of course, like the balance between the legends is like, fail Thanos is just crazy, and then Lightning is unplayable. <laughs> it's like mm -hmm. the there there's a huge difference there. But again, that stuff uh, for limited, it's crazy to think that some of those cards are going to be like the last pick or the the second to last. Mm -hmm. I get some of the packs, but it's just how it's going to be. I yep. still think, in general, I'm happy with there being more removal. It feels like there was almost none in the last limited set. So, mm -hmm. no, uh, for sure. Uh, a couple things. Can I note yeah. real quick? Yeah, um, go ahead. I agree with John on everything. Um, good analysis. You name all the the big cards, but 
One thing that I noticed is there's a lack of discard in this set, which is a good thing to keep in mind mm -hmm. when drafting. I can only think of maybe like two cards that seven drop ice forward mm -hmm. that breaks the dole and makes them discard. And, um, and then I think it's Camelot. Also, if they have like full four dull characters, um, mm -hmm. then they discard as well. And that can be a huge swing because if you have Earl Narshtad already, then that Cam only costs two and they're discarding. Mm -hmm. So, um, but there's not as much disruption for ice at all, it, which I think has weakened it for this limited pool. Mm -hmm. um, the one card that I think I want to touch base on that no one else mentioned was the Earl Narsh. Um, the fact that it has that damage five mechanic where when it enters the field, it dulls three. Mm -hmm. um, if you're caught sleeping on that and you think you have enough forwards up to block, you know, if you're close to lethal, that's just a game winner right there. And so mm -hmm. you're almost hesitant to put your guy at five. You just want to leave him at four. And then, you know, make sure on your turn that you're going to win, you can hit for two points of damage. Because putting someone at five in this limited set, everything just goes crazy at damage five, it seems like. Yeah, like I almost want to say the MVP is the damage mechanic. Yes, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, Elnarch is the Bahama Zero of the set, I feel like. Which it's is kind of funny, but you can play around it, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, as that's... long as you don't put him to five, that was like I had a great fire earth deck with all the removal, and I had the game so handily won, but I just, I left, and I thought I had enough blockers left open, but I put him to five, it's like I'm just going to kill him next turn, and he just put, plays that El Narsh, and I'm like, oh, wow, everything just went down the drain. He was hitting me with like 2k Onion Knights to win, and I'm like, I can't believe this. Mm-hmm. There's uh, something... No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, okay. please, uh... I insist. <laughs> You're a There's guest in my house. Want. Uh, that John pointed out to like the removal. Um, I feel like we're kind of removal light. Mm -hmm. It's not exactly light, but it feels like it. Um, a lot of it's, uh, I'm gonna say sorcery speed. Like a lot of it's from the monsters. Mm -hmm. um, you can you'll see it before it comes. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's there aren't very many actual pump spells. Um, mm -hmm. There's Kukulin that reduces power, and then there's Titan, which is a hero that increases by one thousand. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I guess you have the hero effort that can pump your guys by 2k too. But like, everything else is damage. Like, it deals damage. So you're not, you're trading. You're getting your card back. You're trading. You're not one-upping them like in the past. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot different. Mm -hmm. That's very true. And um, I actually had a really solid experience. Um, I just did one pre-release. Um, it was a small one. We only had like four people. So we just round-robined it. Um, went undefeated. Um, just, <laughs> I felt high and well, high and my like, why well, I, I was actually playing, uh, just kind of touch on what Kyle said. I had, um, I was in fire ice primarily with a splash of water. I had all the color fixing moogles. Um, I had pulled a squall, I pulled a hind. Um, I just had a, and a Ignacio. Ignacio to, was actually my MVP card. Um, that card was just, it just accumulated so much value. Um, but I guess where I'm really going with that is I felt like the game, the games really didn't start until I was at three damage. Like I would, like a lot of my cards just became live at damage three or dam even damage two, like Lion and Squall. I was like, yeah, that's fine. I'll sit here. And just I'll take this damage from a small forward where you're gonna want me to block and you're gonna play Cam Cam Kui or Karma Chameleon and just play that bitch and just you know kill it. <laughs> but I was like, no, I'll I'll go to two damage so I can just play this lion. Now I've got to now I'm gonna draw a card off of it, or I'm gonna play Squall, Dull Freeze that, or you know whatever. 
Um, but my 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 best game was against uh, Colin Coughlin, and it got to a point where I just Ignacio was just literally drawing me a card every turn because I just I let him hit me three times. I ramped to five backups, and it's like. Um, what's his name? Ignacio, and then the uh, the Agito Cadet that gets brave at three damage and plus two K at five damage. Oh, uh, Reed. Yeah, but I also had like all of the I had like the backups that you know the one that lets me search for a monster. So of course I had a uh, Gankana. I had um, Exo Ray, which was nuts. Um, I had uh, Abe Noel to search for uh, Eldenarsh. Like uh, I had the color fixing Moogles. Like my, I, I had like really good small synergies and it got to the point when like he was able to play some forwards and started coming back. But then I just dropped Hine on the board. And because I had the exo rays ready, he had, he had a turn where he had three pieces of removal that could have killed Hine. And then I was like, Nope, Nope. I'll pop this exo ray, draw two cards. Nope. And Nope. And then next turn, then at like the end of then at the end of that turn, I want to say I dulled him in three because uh, I had two fire and one ice backup. I'm like I'll dull these in him and get those guys out of the way. And I just at the end of his turn, and then I just swung through on my turn for the game. So Hein and Ignacio were probably the MVPs of the weekend, but more so Ignacio because I saw him every single game, and I know he drew me as many cards as I'm normally drawing like throughout the game. It's just, just really, really stupid. Just, just doubled, just doubled my hand pretty much every turn. Um, but uh, to kind of touch on as far as what I think of Opus 10 limited, um, I, I kind of see points on uh, as what everybody said. Um, I think, I think there's a lot of do nothing cards. Um, and I feel like if you get one piece of the puzzle and not the other one, it's just, you feel bad. And I don't, I, again, I don't draft a whole lot, but I feel like you can get to a point where if you're drafting a certain strategy and you get to a point and you realize someone else is drafting that same thing, but they've got the pieces you don't have and you've got the ones they don't have, you're both probably going to be sitting on pretty shitty draft decks at that point. Because I think there's a lot of cards that end up relying on too many other pieces or there's cards that rely on another card that if you don't get it, you're just sitting on like, you know, Kyle said a three CP evoker. Um, but again, I think it is going to take a little more research and a little bit more playing. Cause I think the set's a lot of fun, but we'll just kind of see where it goes. Um, but with that being said, the, the you know, kind of the last piece of news is the actual release is next weekend. Um, now guys, this is, this is kind of a question for everybody. Is there a card in particular in this set? If you had to pick one card that you're really looking forward to jamming and testing and really preparing for this Worlds event, what is it? Ben, we're going to start with you. Uh, let me think on that one for a minute. Maybe move on to Cody for that. Yeah, Cody, what's, what's the card you want to jam? Uh, just one? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I'll probably I'll go with the obvious. I'll say Squall. That's okay. my one. real good i used Part to not like the card um and it's kind of it's really growing on me um so yeah that's a squall yeah card's real good kp how about you oh uh what if i told you none <laughs> what no you, you broke what? up I, I didn't hear you. you broke up there a little bit what if, what if i told you zero no cards oh i mean i i so... don't know there's a couple cards that are really cool to me. So mm-hmm. I'll just start with this. And I 
because I don't think it's going to be a thing. Mm -hmm. um, I really wanted to run back Monofire for Worlds. Just throwing mm -hmm. that out there. Uh, mm -hmm. But with the printing of Felthenos and Hain, I don't think I can risk that anymore. Sure. Uh, Geomancer is insane in our Monofire deck. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's like the only new card that mm -hmm. looked out at me. So I'm going to have to probably move away from Monofire. Mm -hmm. Good chance. Because I don't think I can force it and make it work. Mm -hmm. uh, and if that's the case, then I'm just going to have to explore a plethora of things. There's a couple of cool cards I'm looking at. Like uh, Caius is one of them. Sure. Because there's a lot of cool things you can do with Caius. Um, like Caius into Shelk, into whatever, mm -hmm. or Firewater. Um, you can search with Fire Ice, you can search your Caius with Mog 13 too. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, there's there's a lot of cool things. Like with Firewater, you can Thornton for it, uh, and then break the Thornton. Uh, mm -hmm. You have Layla Vikings, all that stuff. So that's kind of cool. Um, so I guess if I had to pick, I'd pick Caius. But sure. uh, yeah, but nothing's really jumping out at you yet because you don't really know what what direction you're going yet. It sounds like. Yeah, I feel like this sets a lot of utility. It's nothing like there's not mm -hmm. very much initiative. It's a lot of utility. Mm -hmm. Sure. Now, John. What about you, bud? Talk to me, Goose. Girugamesh. Girugamesh. Not Usaganaki. I was hoping he was going to say that. Usaganashi. Dude, Usaganashi is a cool card, but Gilgamesh really just... Whoo, boy. Uh, I would say Gilgamesh, and um, I am a sucker for Ron Pear. Yeah, that card's really, really neat, too. Just the idea of playing a free eleven dude see, just really you know really rustles my jimmy. Especially, you can do that off of. Right, I'm gonna play Kane. I'll just break this. Oh hey, look at that! Look who look who came in and joined the party on accident. Yeah. Oh, nine CP starter Shantoto just came in for free, mm -hmm. and played a no, card, three drop card character. Really. Yeah, Absolutely. it's a. Uh, I don't know. It's a. Uh, uh, this has a. <laughs> I, I don't have to play a world, mm -hmm. so this set has a lot of fun things for me to to mess with. Right. You're in your little baby thing. You're just that's right. I'm toggling. Tinkering. I'm tinkering. I'm I'm doing it all. That's right. That's right. If if I had to pick one, um, it's it's hard to pick one because there's there's two that I've already well there's a bunch of stuff I've already been testing, but right now like I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say Squall is really the standout card. Um, I've I've said it before. I've been saying it for the last couple weeks. Like in the early game, he's you know, a six out of ten in the mid game. Once you hit damage two, he's like a nine out of ten. But at five damage, that guy becomes a twelve out of ten. The card is nuts at five damage. He just does so much for three CP. And I just think there's so many ways to play him in so many decks, especially when you're looking at you know Phoenix implications and just how easy it's starting to get now to play multiple colors. Squall is just going to be just a and typically if we're we're right now we're three for three on these box topper cards being just absolutely insane and I think Squall is going to be no exception I think Squall is going to be just as nuts and you know even Lord Byron who'll be on a later episode you know just you know I I haven't been playing Phoenix and Fire Ice for a long time but God damn it watching him Phoenix in a Squall like in the late game. <laughs> really makes you want to go, hmm, mm, man, that's that's a board wipe right there. So 
a lot of neat stuff. There's a lot of neat stuff. Then after that, obviously, it's Hein. I think Hein's just an insane, stupid card in the decks that you can use his second, uh, his activate ability. Just stupid. And the guy, like I was saying during the thing tonight, the guy's made out of peanut butter and scotch tape. He's just so sticky once he hits the board. It takes a lot to kill him. I think he, I think that's good enough. He shouldn't be a 9K. I'm just saying that. I agree. I guess should not be a nine K. We got to go back to to Ben if he figured it out. Yeah, Ben. Ben, what you what do you think? So my first thought, I mean, it's not new. It's still Vaughn starter. Um, God, yes. Pl- playing uh, against Sam Prime in the the finals of the top bracket at nationals, and he was just putting that card to work and at late damage hitting two value forwards. You know, um, that card's still amazing. I've barely tested with it, so I want to test more with it now. Um, mm-hmm. I actually built his deck right after Nationals and played it once at our locals just to see how awesome it was, and it really is great. And the synergy with Fusilia and trying to get yourself to five damage, so Vaughn is just even that more lethal, is just... And again, uh, KP actually said this last night, the synergy with Fusilia and this new damage mechanic is also just going to put yourself online whenever you want to be online. Absolutely. So I still want to experiment with that. But this is a kind of a silly answer is... I'm looking at all the the World of Final Fantasy category cards that came out this set. <laughs> Fuck, they're and, so good. Yeah, there's that Opus Four hero, like Hyun or something. Oh, oh when? Yeah, yeah. And she's a two drop that if you have like three or more, she gets plus four thousand power. But if you have five or more mm-hmm. World of Final Fantasy um, characters out, she gets another thousand and brave. And you've never been able to use her. There's never been enough World of Final Fantasy like backups and forwards together to make it like a full deck but mm-hmm. uh but now she can consistently be like a two drop 10k brave that mm-hmm. if you have rain out um has haste and it's just so i don't know if that's going to be good i already saw someone post like a deck online and mm-hmm. it looks cool and i'm just excited to maybe try that card because that card's been on my radar ever since opus four that high mm-hmm. and so it might be nice to experiment with that and see if we can go anywhere yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually glad somebody mentioned the WAF cards because I think that's that, that's a, a deck you can play in so many different flavors. I think you can play a mono variety. And that I, I was very off on the mono variety version until we saw WAF Dad or Roken, whatever his name is, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, WAF Dad really brings that together. Being able to recycle um, lawns and rains, I think, is huge. Um, uh, Rur- Rurik is what his name is, Rurik. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really good. Um, I think Earth Fire is really good because you have access to all the, the, the category searchers there. Uh, mm-hmm. Masked Woman's a really good piece of removal there. Uh, Tama to get, you know, wins and all these other cards back. Um, you can even go full retard and play Brandellis if you want to, but I don't think <laughs> you don't need to go that deep down the rabbit hole. Um, and then you can play Fire Ice because you've got Frit, Bliz, Sid Woff. Um, and you, you know, being able to get this new Ifrit is really the card you're looking to play off of Frit because now it's, it becomes this really weird, you know, this really weird situation. Also, too, a lot of these guys cost two. I think we're going to see Godot flex on some people again. Um, so you're going to see like these guys are just going to get big, and Frit is either going to att- he's going to attack, put 4K onto something because of rain, and if you block it you're going to search for probably the best fire summon printed since Opus five Phoenix. So like, I think, I think the WAF decks have a lot of like, 
you know, like in Op was it Opus Eight that had the Final Fantasy Nine deck that was really pushed. Uh, last set, I'm trying to think what what kind of deck was really pushed in the last set. I mean, I don't know. Not eight, really. Final Fantasy Eight. Yeah, Final Fantasy yeah. Eight. Wath is definitely Cadets. the the pushed. I feel like archetype or category in this set. And I but I think the deck has enough old pieces and really solid like superstar new pieces that I think that deck's going to be really good. So yeah, ex excellent choice, man. Excellent choice. Hey, uh, thank you, thank if you. You're playing. If you're playing ice off. You gotta play Mecha Chocobo, right? Mecha Chocobo, man. I, I, yeah. I, the, the thoughts there, and like I, I was looking at a list today that had that in there, but then I was just like, man, look at all these wonderful two drops. Yeah. Like I, I want to see like Godot seems like he'd be really good there, but also like they're already getting haste because of rain, but like Godot being an anthem for all these guys. Like I love that the idea of Frit being a six K that puts four K onto something when he attacks. <laughs> So you're going to kill something, and then you're going to get Ifrit and fucking kill something else and pump the rest of your boys. Like, Lon, Lon being a 7k first strike putting 4k on something is nuts. Lon being a 9k first strike with haste putting 4k on something. Like, that's not right. Like, that that seems like a typo somewhere in that sentence. <laughs> and, Chris, the uh, the new Lon, he's the two-drop, the mini Lon, but when he mm -hmm. enters the field, he gets to choose a target forward or monster that is also a forward and give it like plus four thousand and brave till end of turn. Blech. That's or so plus good. five thousand and brave. So he hits like whenever you play that two drop lawn, you target mm -hmm. your Fritz and he's now swinging with an extra five K and Brave. God, that's so nuts. Because mm -hmm. you can swing with the Frit. Uh you're not blocking that because he's just gonna kill your shit. And then you have him mm -hmm. back on defense to kill something, pump the squad and kill something else. God, it just it just sound it reads so well. It's like your favorite book. Cody, it's like those Clifford the Big Red Dog books you used to read back in the day. <laughs> they those read so well. Those and the Berenstein Bears, man. Oh, it's Berenstein, sir. Berenstein. I don't know what I don't know what universe you come from there, sir. I come from Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this great state of Missouri. Hey, do you guys know Mecha Chocobo can block? I'm sure can. Uh, can he? Yes. You can't. That card, that card, I, just, I forget that's a card. I had to say it because of a listener, and I'm trolling him. <laughs> Rough. The ultimate troll. Got uh, I wanted to point out another card. That's mm -hmm. Yeah, no, please. This is Opus 10 all the time, man. Yeah, so I actually don't know if this card's going to be good or not, but mm -hmm. uh, the new Leviathan. New Leviathan. Yeah, it's like draw two. Yeah, draw two, put a card either on top or bottom. So for the longest time, I've been saying, you know, if they print an OP EX burst, then like. Like, it's always been one-for-ones, right? Except for Zeromas. It's the only thing I think of that's not a one-for-one. One. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but what to my mind also is, like, if they ever print a Brainstorm in this game, <sighs> like, that that's the closest we've ever gotten, is this new Leviathan. So, like, stacking your EX bursts at instant speed is kind of, like, a really strong effect. Yeah, yeah it's over-costed, but it's, it's still a really strong effect. Mm -hmm. Only cost two if you got two CP unit on the board. Exactly. Yeah, like some way attacks being able to like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna brainstorm. Yeah, I'll put that on top. Boop. Oh, look at that, you're dead. Love it. It's, <laughs> it's well, even what happened by accident. Oh no. If you're going with like the old mono water Fusoya decks, mm -hmm. like same thing. Like you could even stack a, a light Fusoya and get rid of it, or you can put it to the bottom. Like it's your New poo poo slash moogle. Mm -hmm. 
but better than both of those, in my opinion. Exactly. And then you attack with Gilgamesh and put Ephemeral Summoner into play. Yeah. Oh, or got a combo. You, yeah, or if you play it from hand, Huzzah. you attack with Gilgamesh and put Porm into play, so you can get that Leviathan right back. Yeah, just the, I think the the Fusoya version of Mono Water got a lot of toys. Mm-hmm. Well, Mono Water needs something. That's for sure. They need something because um, they're not they're not where they used to be. Preach. <laughs> on the mountaintop. Breach. Well, but boys, you know, that's all the news we got this week. And man, are we having fun. So let's, we're just going to just kind of segue right into our main topic. You know, we've got you here for a reason. Y'all are in the main event. Straps are on the line. You know, we're, we're in the steel cage. This is the battle royale. This is the 31-man battle royal. Royal rumble, as it were. <laughs> and, you know... If you've been playing this game for a while, you know, some of these people, you know, a lot of the people know who you guys are. Like, this community is very close. Whenever people travel to events, they've had the chance to see you. They've had the chance to play against you guys. Um, but, again, this is the year we've seen a lot of, you know, growth for this game. So we got a lot of new faces. Um, there's going to be people watching this world event, you know, streamed for the first time. This is gonna be, there's going to be people that this, this world event will actually be their first time putting eyes on the game. And you have the potential to be like household names in this card game moving forward for anybody coming in. So I guess what I want to do is just kind of take this time to like, you know, just kind of find out who you guys are. Like, I know, again, I know who you are. I could talk to you guys till I'm blue in the face. But, you know, let's just find out a little bit more about you. But actually, but what's really cool about this is I'm actually getting to find out about Ben for the first time. So, Ben, we're going to just lead off with you. Ben Parrott, the Birdman himself. <laughs> now. Wow! Uh, for for just me and you, Chris, you you got the nickname on right away. So uh, so good job there, good intuition. But um, yeah, so I've been playing Fall Fantasy since it first started. I remember oh. when Opus One dropped. Um, me and a friend, uh, Aaron Wiseman from Project Zodiac, mm-hmm. um, we were looking everywhere to get Opus One boxes, and we both work at Collectors Cash, and um, and you know, so we had like a line for it, but. There was such poor allocation of that first set that, like, our store, and we're a big store, we can only get six boxes total from, like, all of our distributors combined. We were going to get six boxes. And the price for those boxes were so unreal. So we had to wait, like, everyone else until, like, more boxes came in and prices came down to finally Aaron was able to snag one box. We built, like, some popper decks, and that's how we taught ourselves how to play. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so funny. We, uh, I was still floating CP, like I was floating mana, because I came from Magic when we first started. <laughs> so it's funny to laugh at those days to where we are now. But um, I remember we started with a small scene at Clutcher's Cast. There was just four of us. Uh, we would draft Opus 1 or Opus 2 every week, just the four of us, just to get those OG original three promos, the Lightning, Vincent, and Sephiroth. Um, but uh, slowly we grew a scene at Clutcher's Cash. Like, like you said, this game is so community-driven. Um, it started with four, and then, you know, that turned into six, and that turned into eight, and then it just kept growing and growing and growing. So, been playing Final Fantasy from the get-go. I was still playing Magic a little bit uh, when I was playing Final Fantasy, but very quickly just, no, no, not to, like, talk bad on Magic, but Final Fantasy, in my opinion, is just a superior game. Um, 100%. Yeah, I mean, like, a lot of us even call it Magic 2.0. Like, they took Magic, and they just improved upon it, and so... And anyone that has ever played Magic will have a leg up on people that haven't when they get into Final Fantasy because it still utilizes the stack. And so so we were just 
it was an easy transition into from Magic to Final Fantasy, and I encourage anyone that plays Magic to go ahead and try Final Fantasy. You will thoroughly enjoy it, especially if you like drawing cards. Drawing two cards per turn is just so amazing. Yeah. But um, but yeah, kind of just quickly got out of Magic and just been playing Final Fantasy seriously and for fun as much as I can. I just love the games, and as I know we all do. Um, but I've been playing card games for forever, as I'm sure all of us have. Started with Pokemon as a kid, you know, evolved into Magic. Uh, took a long break, like through college and the real world, and then when I started managing collector's cash, you know, got back into card games again, and I'm glad I did because Final Fantasy has just been so amazing in the community. Like that's that's the greater benefit. Sure, it's an awesome game, but all the cool people I've met along the way, it's just been so amazing. Nice. That's that's actually really cool to hear that you've been kind of uh, there day one through the dark times of Opus One and Two. And so from those early days of floating CP or mana, you know, like you said, <laughs> now, now you're on, now you're on the world's team on it's, this is its third year of actually having a world's championship. How does that feel, man? Like how, how does that feel to, you know, coming from like the early days of not being able to get product and now you're on the biggest stage of them all. You're going to WrestleMania is what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, it, it feels amazing. Um, specifically because it's been such a grind. Like mm-hmm. I've been to nationals every year. Um, went to nationals that first year and it was such an amazing experience. There were 200 invites, I think just over 180 showed up. And mm-hmm. I went with a group of three of us, me, Aaron, and another friend, Nick. And I was the only one who made it to day two. And I actually got pretty deep, but made a misplay. Garnet was everywhere. And you never had to announce the trigger with her, which I agree with. But mm-hmm. uh, if you weren't paying attention and someone cast a summon, everyone gets plus a thousand. I cast Abelius, then everything, you know, is plus 3,000 at that point. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, got a little little down on myself for making a misplay year one at Nats. I was like, I'm just going to go harder year two. Tried it again, made Nats again. Um, played Turbo. I played uh, the same list that Lopez and Kyle ran last year at Nats. And I unfortunately didn't make day two. Had some bad variants, but um, but still wasn't, wasn't going to let that get me and just kept grinding here into year three. And honestly, I didn't think I was going to make Nats. Like, it was a really tough grind. These LQs, you know, I get it. They only give one invite per, but I, my opinion is they should be stacked based on attendance. So if you have 80 people in an LQ, you know, maybe give them two invites. Or, mm-hmm. uh, we can get into that another time. But again, <laughs> went to some big LQs, played in some a Crystal Cup, um, didn't make it. And so, like, we're getting through the end of the season. It's like, well, I got one more chance. Let's fly out to the last Crystal Cup in Phoenix. And... Uh, brought Mono Wind, lost game one against uh, just a new player who just drew the nuts on me. I was like, well, here we go. And so um, I was like, I'm here. I'm in Phoenix. Let's just have fun. Um, played out one out day one. It went X1, which was like 7-1, 6-1. Um, then luckily went 2-2 in draft. And ironically, I didn't top eight at the Crystal Cup. But that, that Crystal Cup was so stacked with players that had Worlds invites and Nats invites that – the invites passed down. I ended up taking 10th place after two days, and um, or ninth place. ninth or 10th place. But luckily, the invite passed down to me for nationals, so I barely got in. And then again, I'm going to Nats. I'm like, well, hey, maybe this can be my year. And grinded, practiced with all my friends here in the Kansas City area. And I luckily, I have a lot of them that gave me some good playtesting. And then I'm just so grateful and happy to make it finally after three years of grinding. It feels amazing. You gotta love the Cinderella story, right? The you, the invite passes down, and here you are making top four. 
at nationals to get on the world's team. That's, that's pretty impressive. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I never gave up, but I know like it was looking slim. I was like, well, maybe I just won't go to nationals this year. You know, that thought I crossed my mind. I'd already accepted it. Uh, I lost that game one. I accept maybe I really wasn't going to nationals, but then, uh, but here I am. And now going to world just feels amazing. Well, that's awesome, man. I, I definitely feel like you bring a lot to the table. You, you bring a, a, a persistence and a perseverance that, you know, it, it seems like you just, you can't coach that. That's it's good. It's good to know that, you know, you'll, you'll play each game. It sounds like pretty much to the very end, which is important. That's, you know, you and Colin Rupert both bring that kind of attitude to the table. And that's good to see. Thank you. Not a problem. Now, now Cody, the loco one himself, loco spelled with a L O K O. <laughs> now I know who you are and, you know, you've been you've been playing this game a while. Why, why don't you tell the tell the new folks out there, you know, ravishing Rick Rude style. You know, take off your bathrobe and show them what a real man looks like. <laughs> the fuck am I going with that, dude? <laughs> Cody, tell the people about yourself. Uh, so yeah, like Ben, I've been playing since Opus One dropped. Um, mostly just in my apartment. I had to order cards from, I think it was called Firestorm Games back then. It was a UK website. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to import boxes of Opus One for I think it was over two hundred dollars a box. It was a lot of money spent. Oh, wow, that's pricey. Yeah, it hurt. Uh, but I really wanted to play the game. I knew about the game when I was still playing Yu-Gi-Oh, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm just gonna play this game until that game comes out. And then I kind of <laughs> lost faith that it was ever gonna come here. And then hey, uh, I don't want to interject, but I'm going to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Apparently, I played against Cody when I oh, used yeah. to play Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, me and. Me and Kyle met at Collector's Cache in a Yu-Gi-Oh! regional way was back. That Forever the, ago. Was that the bathroom match? Was that, that the match you were playing deep in the scatacombs of the back room? <laughs> no, I, we were we were still in some pretty high up tables. We were not okay. doing well that day. Uh, but Kyle <laughs> Kyle beat me fairly quickly. Um, <laughs> mm. It's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, after I quit Yu-Gi-Oh! I kind of quit playing card games. And then Final Fantasy finally came over here. Uh, got the starter decks. I probably watched that intro video with Kageyama, mm-hmm. where he, like he's like teaching like the watcher how to play. Um, I had to watch it probably at least ten times before I actually understood <laughs> that back the backups weren't actually free. Because mm-hmm. like we were playing like Shantoto just for free, like wow. discard, discard two CP, play Shantoto. Like that was how <gasps> we. Were playing. Uh, turns out that's not how it went. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, been to several crystal cups traveled went to nats uh i actually didn't know ben back then um but we were at nats year one which was a very mm-hmm. it was a cool time but it didn't feel like we had like earned it because it was just buy a ticket and mm-hmm. um but being able to day two made me feel like i earned it then um mm-hmm. fell short in day two um and then year two nationals obviously i lost a good old teammate chris lopez in top 32 or top 31 back then Mm-hmm. Uh, that, was, then, uh, that was an interesting night before. I, I thought you I thought you were going to get past it. I really uh, did. You... <laughs> <laughs> Nobody thought I was going to get past. That it. was uh, a late, that was a fun night. Yes, yeah, was... can't handle it. Yeah, that <laughs> some of my favorite moments uh, <laughs> came yes. from that night. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, and then this year coming back to Gen Con, obviously we had a great time at Gen Con the first year. Yes. Um, but yeah, going into Gen Con, obviously we knew the big thing was wind water. Uh, and me and you, we, we tested the night before and we were like, oh, we're just going to kind of do our own thing and play mm-hmm. the decks that 
aren't necessarily expected, I guess. And mm-hmm. went and stuck with the guns. You went with fire ice, and I went with mono ice. And mm-hmm. I should have played fire ice six. I don't know why. I just I got lazy, <laughs> and I I wanted to play. I wanted to play Renoa. God damn it, I wanted to play Renoa. <laughs> and she was very good. Yeah, you. Yeah. You. Uh, I think you beat me almost every single game we played. <laughs> um, Man, just getting you ready for the next day. <laughs> that's right. Um, but yeah, I got had some great matches. Um, managed to keep drawing the one of Sid Alstein that, uh, big shout outs to Adam Lane, of course, uh, for suggesting on the, on the Uber ride to the event, yeah, the Uber <laughs> ride, always, always clutch. He helped me re-sleeve, helped me build my deck. And then, uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately we had to meet up in the top four. Uh, but yeah, I got yeah. the, got the world's invite there. And then honestly, it's, it's been <laughs> crazy. Uh, it's just, uh, it's really is like a dream come true, honestly. Um, especially after like doing terrible on Yu-Gi-Oh for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, nah, man, you you uh, you've definitely earned it, and especially watching you play pretty much as long as long as I've known you, you you've always done very well, and you've always kind of moved to the beat of your own drum. But you 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 kind of, I guess what I say is you bring this this kind of rogue element to the game. That's why like, I still stand by, I, 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 in the perfect world, it's going to be you versus Lord Byron in the finals. And I'm going <laughs> to shit my pants. Cause I'm going to be so excited. It's the finals. I want to see. Don't insult our other guests, Chris, <laughs> man. Uh, I'm definitely not. I mean, they're, they're there and I, here I am sitting at home, but like Cody does bring this rogue element to the game. And I think like he, he you've, you, I, I feel like, and maybe KP can vouch for this. Are you ever at odds with him when it comes to like card events? I say one thing and you're like, no, you're fucking wrong. But does oh he ever like? But does he? God. But does he like prove you wrong? And like <laughs> you're just sitting there with just just egg on your face, just like fuck. So he was right. You just you just Dude. killed me. By the way. <laughs> All right. So it's not just me. It's Lopez also. Uh-huh. Uh, but <laughs> there, we tap out because we know Cody's a brick wall. Um, oh <laughs> but uh so i have i'm gonna say this and it's kind of funny because this <laughs> card was in the tournament winning deck at nationals um i have a a thing called the ash scale like okay. ashes and like the three cp ash sure i think that card is terrible i think it once upon a time was very good but mm-hmm. i think it's outdated and it's not even close to good anymore mm-hmm. um it's very niche it you it has it's like a it's got to be a perfect meta for the card to be good and sure. even in a perfect meta, I think it's still not good enough. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, to me, always going to be an average card or below average card. I don't think mm-hmm. it's really ever going to be above average like it once was. Um, so I used to, I usually call when I'm evaluating cards, I'm like, is it better than Ash? Is it worse than Ash? I just call it the Ash scale. Mm-hmm. With Cody, it's the Harley scale. <laughs> <laughs> because he refuses... To not play Harley, like Harley is like it's always three Harley, three Edward, in every single deck, and no two. Th- there's other cards, but it's it's mainly that card, um, and it, it just depends on what your mindset wants to be. If you're at backups, that's fine, all that mm-hmm. stuff. But if you're just doing it just to make to save one card on Edward, I, I totally disagree with it. That's the one we've really uh, had arguments over, I guess. Um, but a lot of the times, I mean, as of late, Cody was not going to play the decks that uh, the rest of Zodiac was playing. I'm glad you said that because when I found out what he was playing, when he told me that day, I was like, 
like I didn't want to say like the fuck are you doing? That that's not wind water or mono ice. What are you doing? When he said fire ice and mono fire, I was like, are you sick? Did uh did, did you hit your head the night before? Did you fall down some stairs? Did you just leave your fucking cards at the airport? <laughs> what are, what are you doing? That's yeah, funny. But, oh, go ahead. I I was testing the fire deck quite a bit, so I was comfortable with that one. It was mm-hmm. the fire ice was the debate of whether mm-hmm. I was going to play mono ice or wind water. Um, mm-hmm. And Kyle can talk about it. Uh, we were in the hotel room. We jammed out some games. My current wind water list, which was not very great, uh, just getting crushed by the mono fire list over and over again. So mm-hmm. I decided that I decided it would be pretty cool. I've never seen any team in this game all five play the same deck list, or like, yeah. even any team. Like usually they're playing like their their like niche or like whatever they like to play. Um, mm-hmm. So wanted to see how well we could do as a team. Well, you performed very. It worked very well. I mean, it was a overall. It was a good day for the team. I mean, if you, if you, I don't know. I'm sure. I'm KP. I'm sure you crunched the numbers on this. Um, what was nope. like the, the the? See, I fucking know it. I fucking know it. The uh, the <laughs> win rate of the team overall. Uh, I only have day one because day oh, two is sure. like all jacked because no, yeah, upper sure. bracket, lower bracket thing. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, Cody. Cody yeah, did the work. Counting, <laughs> we hit Cody with the tomato, man. We hit him with the tomato. I, yeah, I was the royal angry. ripeness. That's right, buddy. That's all me. <laughs> so, uh, it still actually was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have another story to tell. Uh, yeah. about Cody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we went thirty. So we had a team kill round two. Like Chris Daniel played against uh, Chris Lopez, mm-hmm. which I didn't oh, count I that. I never that count happens. that. So, um, without that being involved we all led to my knowledge we all led with monofire as a first deck mm-hmm. um i six owed and then i conceded to lopez in mm-hmm. round seven um to give him better breakers like he was he was first place after swiss and i wanted him to be in first place because of the uh pass downs of invites if that happened mm-hmm. um but the entire team we went 30 and 11 with monofire that's good that's like barely below seventy five percent. It's like seventy three or something. Mm-hmm. That's that's an absurd win rate. And also, that's like like Cody went. I forgot what he went. What, six and four, something. I don't remember. But like <laughs> X four, something like that. <laughs> he went four white claws. He still went above fifty percent though, and he mm-hmm. picked up the deck like the day before. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of unreal. Like that's really really good. Um, that's kind of why I wanted to try it out for Worlds again, but <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. We'll, we'll see. I got a lot of testing to do. Um, but Thank for you. Gen Con, when Cody won, <laughs> the night before, I saw Cody. I'm like, Cody, are you playing Mono Ice at Gen Con? He's like, yeah, of course. And I'm like, let me have your Mono Ice deck. I don't want you to play it tomorrow. You got to play Water <laughs> Wind. It's the best deck. And he's like, no, nah, man, it's the best. I'm going to crush everybody. And sure enough, I ate my work. Dude, he had to play. Cody, how many times did you play Windwater that day? Uh, six times. Yeah, and you dumpstered it every time. Yeah, every every single time. Including Were you still the- playing Harley? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, he was. Dude, he, 
Cody was fucking bumping heads with everybody in that house over car choice. He was like, I'm gonna fucking do it. And he was like, he was like pouting like a like a kid whose dad told him to go to his room. But like the dad walked around, he was like, fuck it, I don't care what they say. I'm just gonna do what I want to do. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm taking that shit. Like, like just really just just did exactly what he said he was gonna do, and it fucking worked out. It worked out. Now, KP, you know. Those kind of analytics can only come from a very dangerous mind. Let's go ahead and talk about, you know, just talk about your experience here with Final Fantasy. Where'd you come from? How much you bench? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I guess I started my original card game was Yu-Gi-Oh! forever ago. Gosh, I I don't remember how long ago that was. Um, But I moved on to Magic when (laughs) my first Magic set was New Phyrexia. How about that for a first set? Shit, okay, like one of the worst <laughs> times to... I mean, it's good set, but bad time. Dude, I, I joined and I'm like, yo, Phyrexian Mana's sweet. And then I realized how broken it is, and then I realized <sighs> that was like the new mechanic of that set, and no other sets had it and stuff until like later. It's like, dude, this isn't normal? What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was when I joined, and then like I played in the whole Jason the Mind Sculptor format, all that stuff, Callblade. Um, my friend Adam... Uh, would always he would have like all the cards. Um, he only had four Jaces, unfortunately. So what I was doing was uh, playing Jace Bellerin because back then you had the Planeswalker rule. Mm-hmm. So I would try to like turn two Jace Bellerin so they couldn't play their Mind Sculptor. I mean they could, but then they'd sack itself. So like mm-hmm. that, I was just trying to get people with like little tricks and stuff. I, I was having fun. It was good. It, time. it was a Mind Sculptor counter spell. That's all it was. Yes, exactly. So, um, got into that. Um, eventually, my friend Adam quit, and he had the cards, so I sold his cards, so I, I had to quit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up getting back into it uh, around Return to Ravnica, which is a funny timeline, because that's when Pioneer starts. Hey. <laughs> Welcome to the Pioneer Podcast. We are, <laughs> we are not dying of dysentery here. We're go- we are westward bound, everybody. The RVA Pioneers. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> So uh, since Pioneer, all the way up till probably War of the Spark. Mm-hmm. Uh, War of the Spark's when I actually stopped like actually playing competitively. I think mm-hmm. it's War of the Spark, maybe. Mm-hmm. I played here and there, but I don't have nearly as many cards as I did before. Sure. Um, so at the beginning of this year, um, I don't know if anybody knows Star City Games. I'm sure you guys do. Oh, but, absolutely. Um, at the beginning of this year, I made it a dedication to go to every single Starter City event because of their uh, end-of-the-year tournament. Uh, mm. God, I already forgot what it's called. Um, Players' Championship, that's what it's yeah. called. Uh, so they brought it back. Like They had it before, and then they got rid of it, and then they brought it back. Um, it was a good time for them to bring it back because uh, Wizards of the Coast was doing some crazy crap that uh, kind of ruined competitive magic. I was a very big grinder. Magic. I uh, went to tons of GPs, went to the Pro Tour, all that stuff. Um, but it kind of killed competitive Magic with like the removal of um, Pro Points and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just... That was my time to dip. So I dipped and I'm like, okay, last shot is going to be Star City. So I, I, I budgeted and I planned out for going this entire year to all the Star Cities, trying to make the Players' Championship at the end of the year. Uh, the first three months... It's crazy, by the way. First three months, I went to 10 events. So I had two weeks off out of those three months. Um, 
I ended up winning one of the side events, so that was kind of cool. But like, it was like a 300 person tournament or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was nowhere near. Like that was a quarter of the way. I was nowhere near the points that I needed to be like satisfied. I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. there's a lot of really good people here. I honestly like I won a tournament and I'm not even close to like where I want to be. That this is unreal. Um, this is really difficult. Around that time also, so that was about, about March. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when the petite cups were happening, and I won the petite cup finals. Got my nationals invite. Um, at that point, after I won, I was like totally sparked on Final Fantasy. I'm like, I I want to dig deeper. I want to go to more. Um, which is funny, because yeah. I already have my qualification. Mm-hmm. Like, I can technically wait until Nationals and do nothing. No. Fire. <laughs> I could, no. I could have, but like, I yeah, I wanted to play more. So at that point, you know, I was like, what am I going to do? Do I want to keep doing Magic? Do I want to play more Final Fantasy? Honestly, I was just having way more fun with Final Fantasy, so I went with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I already had the money budgeted and all that. So everything, you know, traveling three to four times a month versus one time a month, that's a big difference. So, uh, yeah, Crystal Cups were a lot easier on on uh, my bank account, you know. That's so, fair. Well, absolutely. It actually ended up working out. Uh, I got into a car wreck recently uh, a couple oh, months ago. Um, I've been in four car wrecks, and three of them, I was stationary. Huh. So this was. Right, one we're on the three. case. We're on the case. <laughs> Kyle, so we invested. Any... What's up? You, you have to tell them where you were at. You have to. Well, now you have to tell us where you were at. <laughs> so this was. I was just in a, a McDonald's drive. <laughs> I'm, Go I'm, on. I'm in, I ordered my food. In a McDonald's drive-through. Um, guy like sees me behind me. Whatever. Um, I pull up. And he pulls up or chill. And then all of a sudden he just like slams the gas in. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why or what he was doing. He obviously wasn't paying attention, but he like ruined my car. It's because the oh. make rib was back. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you wanted me to say it. Yep. <laughs> that was all before an LQ, by the way. Um, I was going to go to an LQ, um, try and help. Chris Lopez qualify, but uh, mm-hmm. luckily he won it anyways without me. Sweet. Um, but yeah, so that all happened, and luckily, luckily I had the extra money from budgeting before because mm-hmm. I had to get a new car. So it, it all planned out like working perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, everything's good now. Uh, Gen Con, yo, Gen Con, Gen Con was a dream come true, man. Like, first of all, I couldn't believe that code. Especially, and you know, I I'm eating my words for what I said to him, mm-hmm. but I'm happy I'm eating my words. Just throwing that out there, like absolutely, it. I couldn't have it any other way. Like he qualified, I was ecstatic for him, and then I qualified. Mm-hmm. Like two out of two Zodiac members that were there, like qualified. Like that's unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going to all the I went to all the Crystal Cups this year, every single one. Including and the Gen Con stuff. Uh, there were a couple of them that were not ran very well, but uh, for the most part, they were all pretty good. Um, shout outs to the Breakdown people. I actually miss them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're really cool to hang out with. Uh, a lot of times I go to dinner with them afterwards, stuff like that. Just really, really cool people. Um, 
But yeah, uh, going to all the Crystal Cups, going to Nationals. Uh, I am also still on, on like Cloud9 with the fact that three people from my local qualified for Worlds for this game. Pretty great. Shows you got a good area, man. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. So, like, how does it feel like being part of the team, man? Like, I, once once it hits you at Gen Con, because, uh, you know, it was you and Oki in the finals. And at that point, like, before that game even started, you're just like, oh, shit, I'm on the world's team. Like, how, when, when, did it, <laughs> when did it, like, hit you? Like, when did it, it start, uh, like, really sinking in? It hit me immediately. So, like, uh, after I – I don't know if you guys saw the top four match of Gen Con, uh, me versus Muhammad. Um, actually, kind of, it's kind of funny. Um, Myself, Muhammad, and Okimoto were all in the top four of Gen Con, uh, the draft. And mm-hmm. we were all also in the top four of RVA's Crystal Cup. So hmm, it's not a fluke. Yeah, exactly. And both of them had draft and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, it's funny because I played against Muhammad in both the top fours. So <laughs> I kind of got my justice in that scenario. Yeah, like you I did. Got it, so. He beat you in the Crystal Cup. Yes. So, um, yeah. Uh, although in that, in that Crystal Cup, I was the first blood for him. Like uh, mm-hmm. he went undefeated. He went eleven and zero. He and then I got first blood on him. Yep. Yeah, you were the first person to actually <laughs> take a game off of him the entire weekend. Yeah, it was like absurd. Yeah. Um. So after I I won against Muhammad in top four, um, he like stood up and came over, gave me a hug, and he's like, "Congratulations, dude! You're going to Worlds." And I'm mm-hmm. like, "What?" Because I did not know the result of Okimoto versus uh, Sam Prime. I didn't, mm-hmm. but he apparently did. So he he probably saw Sam walk by, saw them walk by. I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. But during the game, I had no idea. I was just like, I, it doesn't matter. I just need to win this game regardless. Like next mm-hmm. the next game, I'll worry about that later. I need to worry about what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. So when he told me that, I literally like bursted down in the tears, dude. Like I was, emotions were released. I got like a million hugs from everybody. Nice. Uh, I couldn't believe it. That, that's the first time I've ever cried like <laughs> during a card game. Like it's kind of weird saying it now. It seems kind of silly, but like I've played Magic competitively forever. I never cried for that. I didn't cry for that when I was qualified for the Pro Tour for the first time. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It, it just felt amazing. And then <laughs> Okimoto. So okay, during the game against Muhammad, I made an illegal play. I played a Regis, and I did not have Earth CP to play the Regis. Mm-hmm. So I play the Regis, go search for uh, Ravis, I think the card's name is? Yeah, 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 the, the 15 Lightning guy. Yeah, so I I make a, a big play. Like I search for the Ravis, play the Ravis, dole some forwards, attack. Um, he bursts uh, Quistus uh, mm-hmm. to look at the top five, get a nice uh, character. What I forget what it is. It, um, but get a, get a card. Forward. FFA mm-hmm. forward. Um, it puts the cards on the bottom. We go to his turn. He takes his turn. He just plays a forward, says go. And as I'm untapping, like before I draw or anything, just as I'm untapping, I'm like, how did I play that Regis? Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know how I played. Like I don't, I didn't discard any Earth cards. Mm-hmm. How did I, how did I play that? So I tapped an Emperor Gestalt, mm-hmm. and my mindset is that's a chaos. Like it taps for Earth. Like that's the only time I've ever played with a dark backup ever. Mm-hmm. When I play Chaos, that was the first time I've done. I've played a not another dark backup that's not Chaos. So 
So we rewind it. Um, luckily, we, it was all rewindable. Um, you called so, the judge yourself, right, Kyle? Yeah, I called the judge on myself um, as I was untapping it and all that. It's just, just, I was so flustered. I'm like, oh my god, if if we can't rewind this, I don't know what I'm gonna do because I'm I was clearly in a winning position at that point, mm -hmm. um, but I didn't want to win that way if we couldn't reverse it. So I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. This I felt shitty. It was it was a really shitty position to be in, but luckily we were able to rewind it and the game ended naturally. And I felt way better. And that's also what kind of got me all emotional at that time, too. Because it's like, Muhammad's a good player. I love playing against him. And our game, all of our games are like insane. So if I were to win, I did not want to win in the manner that was an illegal manner. Absolutely. So uh, Okimoto comes up to me. And he's like, hey, man, congratulations. You're on the world's team. Uh, can you do me a favor? Can you sign my... <laughs> and i'm sitting there like dude if there's anybody else i'd probably be pissed but <laughs> he just he got me good and yeah of course i signed it so of course you did of course you, you lean, lean into it at that point you lean into it yeah so um yeah i feel ecstatic uh, there were a few people that went to all the crystal cups uh i believe jonathan gordon did oh Okimoto jg did. fitness shout out to that fellow yep uh I know I'm missing some people, but like, it's really nice seeing all like the dedication from people going to all of them. Uh, and oh man, my win rate against Okimoto. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one in six or one in seven. Yeah, uh, the guy's a master at the game. Just the only time I beat him it. was here in Kansas City, actually. And uh, he was on Mono Wind. And uh, I think I was his only loss in Swiss, I believe, in uh, day one. Uh, he mulliganed into triple year, so rough. Yeah, that was his, that's the only time I've ever beaten the guy. Like that's it. Haha, -ha, got him. <laughs> got him. Do you think Calculated. anyone has a plus five hundred win rate against him though? Is there anyone out there that can make I, I, The known? only uh, Nate Perez has got to be the only one. <laughs> Nathan Perez has got to be may, maybe Jordan Dank. Maybe. Yeah, like it, it's it's kind of absurd. Like I. I don't want to write on like how good Okimoto is, but mm -hmm. like I really think he's the best NA player right now, and it's mm -hmm. like not even. Yeah, no, I, I would I would agree with that as well. Now, with that being said, guys, again, a, a massive congratulations, and I'm going to start. You know, again, I'm going to ask these same questions to everybody we have on. So the world's format has been it's been announced officially. I know they mentioned it at Nats. It's double deck format and draft opus 10 um then they obviously they recently they, they made a, bu a bunch of world announcements here recently they went over prizes they went over formats just kind of everything kind of just kind of unleashing the info for everybody now i'm gonna kind of go around the table again again this this cast is highlighting you guys you i'm i'm, I'm we're here to listen to y'all stories and just y'all's thoughts on what's coming up what are your thoughts and ben we're going to leave with you again what are your thoughts on the format? Um, obviously, you know, coming off of Nats, double deck format, seems like it was received very well um, by pretty much everybody. Do you think it's, um, do you think, A, it should just be that? And do you think maybe adding draft in is kind of a, hey, we should probably put this back in because we made a big deal out of it this season? 
or do you think maybe they were because Opus Nine Limited was not the greatest, but it's looking like Opus Ten is kind of the same? How do you feel about the format? I guess we're you know, with all with all of this in mind. How do you feel about the format, Ben? Uh, obviously, there's a lot to say. Um, I personally love double deck format. Um, yeah. You know, Worlds last year was triple deck format, and I, I love that as well. Um, I I always want the highest skilled player to be the one that wins these top level events. I think mm-hmm. it's fair and it's just how it should be. And to help enable that, the more decks that you add, you know, that pilot doesn't need to be good at one deck, which most people can do. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to be good at multiple decks. Like last year's Worlds, you had to be consistently good with three decks. And so only the highest skilled players, you know, can kind of pilot three things at once and keep it all going. Mm-hmm. Um, double deck kind of helps allow that. Um, it eliminates the one-trick ponies. Um, like if you look at last year, everyone was just hating on Turbo Ice, you know, and for validated reasons. But if they just had double deck format last year, then there wouldn't have been as much hate. You know, that could have mm-hmm. only been one of your two decks. Um, there wouldn't have been the one-trick ponies. Um, again, not that it was an autopilot deck. It was still a skilled deck to play. Oh, but for sure. But um, the other benefit to double-deck format or triple-deck, but in this case double-deck, um, is that there's never going to be a best-of-one. You know, I think at these higher-level events, um, ensuring that there's best-of-threes every round, whether it's Swiss or Top Cut, helps also ensure that the highest-skilled players get in. It decreases the variance. Um, so that's another benefit to double deck. So, uh, no pun intended, but I doubly love double deck format because it'll never be best of one and it encourages the higher skill. Well, it doesn't encourage, but it helps, uh, the higher skilled players shine in those situations. So all four double deck, I would have been fine for triple deck as well. Um, however they did it, um, really, really like that part. Now, uh, for draft, um, I like draft. I personally have always had a good time with draft ever since I was a teenager drafting magic um, up to where I am now. Like I told you in my background, we've been drafting Final Fantasy since day one. And mm. it's it's fun. And it, it still rewards skilled players that know how to deck build, um, mm. that know how to see card values um, and determine combos and synergies like on the fly that as you're drafting, you have to adapt as you go. Um, there's extra levels of strategy, like what are your, what's your player on the left picking, what's he passing, same thing with the player on the right, what's he picking, what's he's passing. So you factor in a lot of things. So, again, it takes a, a greater skill of piloting to draft. Um, unfortunately, the variance is so chaotic that um, it might not always reward the highest skilled player. Um, sometimes you can just be the luckiest player in the room and get the... You know, in this case, the the high end or high end, um, you know, pack one, pick one, and then you're that legend lightning guy, the Keanu Reeves or Thanos, <laughs> where everyone's calling him. Um, hey ben, what did I do yesterday? But oh, you what? You drafted five legends, right? I had uh, five, my five pack one pick ones were four legends and a foil star. That's pretty good. That, mm-hmm. that goes with what he's saying. Wow. Yeah, and so and that can just happen. Like you can just luck into that, and so it's. So, so I'm hit or miss on draft, although I personally love it and enjoy it, and I play it for fun every week at Collector's Cash because I enjoy playing it. Um, do I think it should be at the world's level? Um, you know, realistically, probably not. Um, it's, 
you can prepare for it, but only so much because you have to adapt to what those actual packs are on the mm-hmm. spot. And your prep will take you. Like, whoever prepares more will still have a better advantage. Mm-hmm. But um, that advantage, you can just kiss it goodbye if the chaotic variance just ends up screwing you and rewards everyone else. Um, but, I mean, it is what it is. You know, we're all going to practice and look at synergies for draft, but mm-hmm. um, I don't think it rewards the high-skilled players as greatly as just maintaining a double deck or triple deck the whole time, if that makes sense. No, absolutely it does. Now, um, yeah, because I agree with you. I, I think I think multi-deck format is really good for this game. It's, it, it's almost like you have a 50-card sideboard, right? Yeah. So you can build complementary decks. One that can kind of you can have your deck, and then you can have the cheese, right? The there's there's so many different ways to approach it. Um, now, with that being said, I kind of agree with you on draft. I think they should just surprise all of you and make you do Innistrad draft, which is probably the greatest, <laughs> the greatest limited. If you're playing draft in any card game in God on God's green earth, it needs to be Innistrad because it's the greatest draft experience of all time. But. <laughs> Like they should just do that. It'll 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 change my opinion on everything. Now, um, you know, we were talking about good stuff here. Now, um, what are your thoughts on um because they announced prizes and everything? And let's you know, let's not beat around the bush. It has been a hot button issue this week. And you know, and say what you will about it. Like I said, if it's something you don't want to talk about just because you don't want to kind of see how it all shakes down, that's fine too. I know um, you know, people have clearly had a pretty hot opinion on it. Um, be it good, bad, or indifferent. Um, what are your thoughts on how how the weekend's looking to shape up for the players involved? So I had all this anticipation building up, you know, waiting to see what the prizes were going to be. Um, you know, I've, I've followed the scene since day one, and so you know, I watched World Stream Year One. I knew what the prizes were as soon as they were announced back then, and same with last year's Worlds. And so I had all this anticipation. You know, this is my year. I'm finally at Worlds. What's it going to be? What can I look forward to? Mm-hmm. And and then it was announced, and you know it was just. I mean, my side just says it all. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to come off sounding ungrateful. No one does. Um, and the prize—it's all relative—is the thing. So, I've looked. If you compare this year's prizes to the previous years, it just mm-hmm. looks like it's a a step down. Uh, not even backwards, just like less. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, if the year before and the year before that had smaller prizes, like let's say that these prizes that are announced right now um, were the best that have ever been given out, mm-hmm. then relatively we'd all be super excited because it's a step up each year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, comparing it to the previous two years, it just – it I'm very logical, and it just doesn't make sense to me on why it, why it seems like it's less than previous years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, it's relative. You know, I'm grateful for whatever. I'm grateful for the experience, the trip. I'm grateful for all of it. Um, but my, my logical side just doesn't understand why we're getting less than previous years when you want to show the game. You would think it just you get more each year because the game grows each year. Um, the same analogy goes to North American Nationals. Is uh, I remember year one, the pricing. First place got a PS4 Pro, and second place got a PS4 Um mm-hmm. And, you know, there were 200 playmats given out year one. And then, you know, last year, you know, uh, there was like 100 people, a little under 100 people went. So there was 100 playmats given out. And then this year there were 32 playmats given out. And in my mind, I'm like, why are we giving out less stuff? 
each year at the North American Championship. Um, again, you think you'd be giving out more and more each year. Mm-hmm. So the pricing, it's cool. It, there's, there's stuff that I'll love if I go all the way. Um, there's stuff that I'm not going to love. Um, I'm, I'm grateful for whatever I get. But, um, but the price, it's looking at it relatively. Um, if this year's prizes were better than the previous two years, I think we'd all be ecstatic. But because this year's pricing feels like it's less than the previous two years, then you can we're all just going to take a, a big sigh and you know that's that's about as much as you can say about it i don't i don't know if that makes sense but no, it, uh, it i can only look does. at it like compare no absolutely um now cody we're going to move on to you what are your thoughts on the format and just kind of the overall experience that you're going to be looking forward to this weekend? I know you're, you know, again, all of you guys, like you said, you're super jazzed to be on the team. You're really excited to go play and represent and, you know, hopefully bring home the strap. But, um, you know, what are your thoughts as far as everything going into that weekend as a player? Um, so for the two deck format, uh, I'm a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. I think it'll really uh, separate the men from the boys. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously we're, in the top 32 for a reason so it's true it's it's going to be a lot of very skilled players in the room um mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm excited to participate in that um i kind of took i guess i haven't really played as much when i was preparing it for nationals outside mm-hmm. of like the modifier deck um mostly because i was already qualified i'd never had that experience before um mm-hmm. so this it's like a it's like it's like we talked about the other day it's like the wild west we got a new set drop in um you don't know if you want to take like a high risk pick um or just stick with something that you're comfortable with uh mm-hmm. so i think it's gonna be very interesting Um uh, really excited for that as far as the draft goes i'm not thrilled that it's opus 10 um uh, m- mostly just because there's so little time for us to really prepare it's for it two weeks from release yeah like but i found myself also looking like today when i was opening my pre-release packs i'm looking at every card way different than i would have a like a regular pre-release if it wasn't mm-hmm. worlds on the line. Um, so for instance, like last year when Opus seven came out, that was right before worlds. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I almost didn't care about Opus seven because like I wasn't qualified for Worlds, So like, that's when the game, if you're not at worlds, the game's kind of like in the low, in the low moment. Um, mm-hmm. so this year it's like a whole new, uh, I have a whole new outlook on the game. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty excited for it. I know I'm not the best drafter, um, but I have some of the best teammates in the world, so mm-hmm. I'll be Absolutely. I'll be ready uh, when the time comes. So well, of course you will, because you'll be in the finals against Lord Byron. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. <laughs> Um, now, what are your thoughts on the overall, you know, weekend heading in? Because um, obviously, you're going to get to see people that you you know you you're, you're going to get get to meet your hero, Jamie Faulkner, and you're going to get to see JFB and. <laughs> You know, get to see you know all just all these people that you probably talk to on a regular basis or you know talk about, and you're going to be you know hanging out with them. Now, obviously, that's you know th- does does any of that kind of counteract any of the you know obviously again the negative connotation that this has kind of taken on. Um, are you are you is it just one of those things where it's like I don't care about the prizes, I'm just excited to be in the room kind of situations or. Well, I do care about the prizes, uh, but I'll talk about that in a second. First of mm-hmm. all, like the the main thing is getting to meet all those guys, getting to meet mm-hmm. like uh, like Toby and Alex and Jamie, JFB. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those guys I've had a lot of conversations with. 
Uh, some of them I haven't, and mm-hmm. some of them I've never talked to at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so very excited to get to meet those guys, hopefully crack some cold ones with them. Um, yeah, boy. Enjoy our lobby lunches. Uh, <laughs> mm. <laughs> $14 tuna sandwich. Gotta love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, just like getting to exchange cards and having them sign stuff and all that stuff is, mm. that's going to be a blast and getting to hang out with them is really the best part. Um, and then as far as like the prizes go, there's some stuff I'm really excited about. Um, I know there was a lot of negativity and there still is. Um, but once we got the mats confirmed that they were personalized, mm-hmm. like, that's a big deal to me. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember like when I think we got the messages from Jordan last year. Uh, yeah. When he was like, he's taking Facebook selfies with the, the labeled shirts with the Canada flag. And I was just like, mm-hmm. man, I want to be there. Like, <laughs> um, So I think having the personalized mat, first of all, the mat's awesome, by the way, because I'm a big Final Fantasy VII fanboy. So. Mm-hmm. Getting that, I'm very excited for. Um, the mat's beautiful, by the way. Beautiful, beautiful mat. Yeah, I, I really, I really dig the mat. Um, there's some things I'm not a big fan of, uh, which to go for an example, like the plain black deck box. Um, we all have like a million of those laying around, so that stuff like that, I'm not thrilled about. I like the stickers or the keychains, like. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> As I'm talking about this now, I see the Facebook. I don't know if you guys have seen this yet, but the trophy just got posted. Um, yeah, the trophy yeah. incredible. Oh no, I haven't <laughs> yeah. seen it yet. Go, I, I'm going to shut my eyes. I want you to describe it to me in all of its. <laughs> Dude, it looks it's like beautiful. An, it's like an NBA championship, like but crystal. Like you can see through it. It's got the world championship logo. Oh, that's cool. Uh, instead of a basketball being at the top of the NBA championship, it's a globe. Um, it's just very, so, <laughs> very, very sick. Uh, I don't know so, if there's going to be a second place trophy or a third place trophy, but am I going to get to see you or Lord Byron exactly like, the trophy with the hat on, trophies. crying into it like Michael Jordan? Yeah, hopefully that would be great. Um, <laughs> what were you saying, Ben? I didn't. There's going to be exactly three trophies. Thing. So first, second, but not fourth. Oh, which is making me wonder how they determine third and fourth. Is it just going to be the Swiss, or are they going to actually make third and fourth fight it out for that trophy? I hope they make them fight it out. Yeah, that would make do. sense to me too. I believe they do fight it out. Ding ding! Yeah. They literally go outside with gloves on. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's see who we'll wants go under it the more? bridge in L.A. <laughs> who wants it more? Yeah, under the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that's like that scene in Dark Knight. <laughs> Kageyama just takes you into a room and breaks a pool cue over his knee and just throws it on the <laughs> ground and just walks away. <laughs> Doesn't say a word, just looks at both and just walks away. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, uh, there, I think there's going to, I think we're in for some surprises. I don't think mm-hmm. the, I don't think everything we're seeing on the website is all we're going to get. Um, so I think we shouldn't lose faith too much or be mm-hmm. so negative. Uh, I don't know. I think Square's got some surprises up their sleeves. Sure. Sure, sure. So it's, 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 all about, it's all about being in the room. It's all about just knowing that you're going to the dance. Yeah, especially with like you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, especially like getting to like meet like some of the Japanese players that I've like really looked up to. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how long ago you guys, I know some of you guys started back in the day. Um, but I used to like steal the copied or like steal Japanese deck lists off of um, 
fftcgdb.com. Oh dear. Which was before FFDEX and before like Mognet. It was the Final Fantasy trading card game deck builder website. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Yikes. So getting to meet like Kurosawa. Um, mm-hmm. That's going to be like pretty cool. Um, I do want to say, Cody, I agree with a lot of the positives that you're saying, and it's good to hear you say it. Um, you know, when I was just talking about the pricing, I was only talking about the tangible things, but there are going to be a lot of, you know, um, intangible stuff, the experiences, the the people that you meet, just the prestige of the whole event. Um, you know, those those aren't, you know, tangible prizes. They're indirect prizes from going. And, you know, those are probably the best part of all the prizing. So all the positives that Cody are saying, I completely agree with as well. It's, it's the memories you're going to make. Getting That's invited true. onto the RBA Returners podcast. That's a good one. Oh, dude, you, you guys have no idea how much that matters to me. Thank you guys again. This is so <laughs> awesome. I listen to you guys all the time. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. All right, now, KP. We, uh, can I, I, can I, know, I go in I, reverse order? <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Um, I know, I know you've 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 been pretty vocal about you know some things, and you know, and that's that's again, that's why I have you guys on. I want to know how you guys feel going into the biggest weekend of the season. This is this is what everything has culminated into since the union in January last year. So. By all means, man, you know, let us know how you feel about it. Yeah, feel free you know, to talk about the prizing first and the experience and tell us what you think about the format. I think I think that's a good way to go about it. It's tangible and intangible. That's mm-hmm. actually, I like that a lot. But uh, I guess if I'm going to say if there's one person I want to meet more than anyone that's not NA, it's probably Chicago because I've never met the guy and he's pretty chill. So, mm-hmm. um, so I'm going to say hey to him. Uh, but uh, as for pricing and stuff, you know, yes, you're, you guys are. So let's go intangible first. Um, yes, experience matters. You know, doing you got to love what you're doing to get there, though. Like you got to love. If, if I'm gonna go to, let's say, if I just play a different game, let's say League of Legends or something. I don't know. Doesn't have to be card related. Um, if I'm playing a game. And I'm meeting other people playing the game. There's a very good chance I'm going to become friends with those people. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you know, those experiences matter, but those experiences can be made in other places too. I'm not saying like one's more valuable than the other, but that that kind of goes hand in hand. I feel like so. Yes, I'm going to enjoy meeting other people um, and seeing people that I've heard of, but never actually like met Mm -hmm. um but i feel like that kind of is normal i guess so um i'm not trying to downplay like that that's a big deal Mm -hmm. but i kind of feel like it's a big deal for anything you're interested in so you're saying it's a given though yes yes Mm -hmm. so um i mean i guess some people (laughs) they, they don't make friends they just keep to themselves and that's fine too you know but um, I try to put myself out there and uh, meet whoever I can. So that's kind of cool. So, um, but as for tangible things, uh, I'm just gonna. This is gonna probably sum up a lot of it. Um, we're the consumer. Mm-hmm. Like they should be convincing us to buy their product, right? Like, why should we play Final Fantasy over 
any other game, not even card game, just any other game, why should we buy Final Fantasy products over anything else? Mm-hmm. We should be convinced in some sort. And I honestly, I don't think they're doing the convincing anymore. I think it's literally I'm playing because of the people I've met here. That's mm-hmm. kind of where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's how strong the bond is in the community. Um, like I feel like, like probably eighty percent of the people know each other. Like it's unreal. It's really, it's really awesome. But um, the community feels like the backbone, and it's a house of cards. And if something goes wrong, then it's all going to fall, and it's not good. So the biggest thing, if I'm going to complain about anything, is structure. So I don't. I feel like everybody's just going with the flow on the Square Enix side. Um, I actually, I, I have an assumption about how things are operated on their side. I, I don't know. It's it's kind of obvious, but I also feel like if there's a structure there, then that meets you know expectations. It, I know it is what's going to happen up front, and if it doesn't happen, then I can say, hey, this is what I said, but. All of it seems like just generalized and not specifics, and that's kind of dangerous. And if it's if it's ever generalized like that, they need to have like a caveat on there saying more to come. But mm-hmm. that's never there. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so without going into super bash mode, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I just feel like we're being told information like based on the pricing. Um, we are the prizes are basically I don't want to say they're bad prizes, but all the pricing actually I'm gonna pull it up real quick. Mm-hmm. Without looking, I'm gonna guess eighty percent again. Eighty percent of the prizes you can buy on the Square Enix store. That's what I'm that sound kinda of accurate to you guys? Yeah, probably. Or if it's not on the yeah. store, it's like the sets you can buy those wherever. So like the non-Square Enix products, let's see. So the promo card, um, the playmat, obviously, but mm-hmm. those, uh, the headset, I'm assuming you can't buy that on Square. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. The headset, uh, the speakers. Is that it? Pretty sure that's it? So trophy, I guess, too. Trophy, so yeah. that's... Mm-hmm. I guess that's. I guess it depends on what, how you count this, but those those are the unique identifiers. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say unique identifier, I'm saying you can't get it anywhere else unless you like literally buy it um, offhand or whatever, or if you go to some tech store to buy a headset. You know what I mean? Like, um, to me, un- unique identifiers matter the most. Uh, kind of like what Cody said with the whole like name thing. That matters to me a ton. Like that's huge. Like um, nowhere on this world's website does it say that our name's going to be on the playmat. Mm-hmm. So my first assumption was, if I don't have a name on it, I'm selling it. Like that is my assumption because it it has meaning behind it, but it's not as meaningful as it would be with my name on it. Like I don't want to sound ungrateful, kind of like you know I want more, but I mean. What's more valuable, money or, you know, let's play, Matt. The experience is, you're going to save the experience from being there. And, you know, tangible things, 
like the playmat that they're nice, but tacking a name on there is also, I mean, if they don't want people to sell things, that's the way to do it. Like it's, it's who's going to want to buy a Kyle Peters playmat? You know, <laughs> like who's going to want to buy a Cody Snodgrass playmat? Who's going to want to buy? I mean, everyone's going to want to buy that. Hey, now, there's a market for that. <laughs> there, are, there are sites on the dark web. But you get what I'm saying. Is, I could ramble. I could ramble on about this forever. But long story short, these like prizes, you could, for the most part, go get on your own. And mm-hmm. uh, I guess a good example of this. Uh, I spoke with some people about this uh, earlier this well, last week. Um, We'll just go with the deck box example that Cody said. Uh, yeah, deck boxes, we have a million of them. But you know what they could have done? They could have just put the world's logo on the deck box. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's not that hard, right? Like, that would make it unique. That would make it a 32 of a kind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, that would also make it cooler. I mean, who knows? Maybe it has it. We don't know it. But I would be way more excited if I knew about it. Um, I would also be more excited if I knew about the, the named playmat thing. It, that's not on the website. We had we had to find out all this information offhand uh, via RB on the Facebook page. Like, why? How come this isn't on the official website? I can get it if there's surprises, all that stuff. But I feel like a lot of this chaos what could have been avoided if it was just all up front. So, yeah, I, I'm gonna add on to that, Kyle. It. When it wasn't announced that our names were on the playmat, it, it shook my faith in Square Enix for sure because of already my mentality of things have been taking a step down each year. And they did that last year. I was like, why would they Why would they not do that for us this year? And when we, I saw the announcement and it wasn't said on there, um, you know, my gut kind of dropped. I was like, really? You know, that's, that's one of the things I'm looking forward to the most. Um, and again, they've cleared it up, but... Um, I don't know why it wasn't said ahead of time. I'm so glad that our names are going to be on there. Um, that's part of that prestige. But um, I don't want my faith to be shaken in Square Enix. You know, I've been playing their video games since since NES. You know, and um, and so we have a lot of emotional attachment to Square Enix, not just with the card games, but uh, to Final Fantasy in general. And so um, I don't want my trust to waver with with this prize support. Um, but it happened there. Like it, it wouldn't have surprised me if our names were not on the playmats because that's just how it kind of feels with this year's prizes. A lot of uh, thankfully, our names are gonna be on there, and so that's crisis averted, you know. But but that's how like it's it's on a it's just it's on a thin line right now, and you don't know which way it's gonna go. And so I don't I don't think the game should ever be that dangerously close to can I trust them to do awesome at these events? Can I trust them to do awesome? rewarding prize supports of these events like again the, the thing that should be a given is that they're going to have awesome prizes but now you can't say that every time going forward mm-hmm. a lot of the uh tangible things can become less tangible that way that's kind of what i was trying to get with the name thing it's mm-hmm. like my name's not on it it's definitely not as tangible than if it was on it mm-hmm. so um i mean i, I want to keep the mat like flat out but i actually had to think about it if if my name's not on it, I'm more likely to sell it. If my name is on it, there's a 0% chance I sell it. So, um, and I can go with the same thing with all the other pricing. Like a lot of it's from the Square Enix store. Um, how much of it? So, uh, devil's advocate here, Cody, if you win, uh, when you win, haha, when you win worlds, 
There we uh, go. How much of this prizing are you going to keep? Um, let's see. Let me. I'm, I got the page pulled up here. I'm just looking through it. <laughs> he just crunches some numbers. Click, click, click. And just do the math here. I've got my <laughs> figures from accounting. I bet it's less than fifty percent of the prizes. I mean, what kind of stickers are we talking about here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, the headsets. I mean, if I can sell like the headset, I probably would. But like most of the the Square Enix items, I probably would keep. Uh, mainly because I'm a big Final Fantasy fanboy. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe the pendant, if they're really worth like hundreds of dollars. I don't know if that's true or not. I've heard that, but maybe sell that, depending on. I don't know. I asked the wrong person. Yeah, most of the stuff I would keep. Uh, <laughs> but like, like I said, I'm a I'm a big collector of Final Fantasy stuff. So, so, um, what I was getting at is, even if you did keep it too, like there's a point where it's like, it's not unique though. Like, I could. Oh no, definitely. Yeah. You could get first, and I could literally buy basically everything on this list and. Yeah, I'm spending money, whatever, but it's not unique to you. But that's kind of what I'm looking for is something like a unique identifier. Um, no, yes, yeah, like, like a logo. So, yeah, and not not to like interrupt, um, but like I have the first class Final Fantasy VII pre-ordered, mm-hmm. like the first, oh. like like the three hundred and fifty dollar edition. Like, so you are selling the other one if you win, though, <laughs> or I'll just cancel the order. Uh, okay. Yeah, depending on how that goes. Um, yeah, so like the people who actually want these figurines, they probably have already bought them. That's that's just kind of how the truth is, right? Or they didn't buy them because they're too expensive. That, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Um, mm-hmm. And for people who aren't in it figurines, I'm one of those people. I actually have one, um, and it's the Odin, which is what the second place. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, second or first, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. I have that Odin, and that was from last year uh, when Lopez won Nationals. He got it, and I got it from him. Um, and, you know, if I get first or second, I don't need another Odin. And I don't want to say it. Like, it feels like backstock to me, and that sounds terrible, but it kind of is terrible. So I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. It feels like, you know, like it can seem like the stuff they had around kind of, it doesn't feel like it's exclusive to worlds. Right. Like what's stopping them from doing this next year? You know, like how would you feel if this exact pricing was the same next year? It It takes kind of, takes some of the shine off of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel at the moment like i got that odin last year and that's one of the top two prizes that's yes i know it's expensive but like it's kind of unfortunate too so i just hope that new players that are watching worlds this year for the first time um and are like wow i want to go there someday you know hopefully are still motivated to go there because of the prestige and because they just want to be the best because i you know the prizes i'm pretty sure aren't going to entice people for the reasons they want to go to Worlds. Yeah, outside looking in, people are going to be like, oh, these, this is the peak of Final Fantasy. And the peak, you win a whole bunch of action figures. 
Mm-hmm. So if they like that, yeah, they'll be interested. If they don't like that, most likely it's going to turn them off. So people know. look for that EV, man. EV is a big part That's- of this. Uh, this I mean, let's be let's be honest. It's a luxury hobby. Yeah, for sure. And like, I mean, I I come from Magic. Like, the EV in Magic is way higher than here. Mm-hmm. I stuck here for a reason. Like, I think the which game it's is supposed to be. Final Fantasy isn't Magic yet, but uh, but it's it's just again it's relative. Just from previous years to this year is the biggest thing too. It's yeah, just, like it's... comparing Final Fantasy to any other game, not even just Magic, even if it's a smaller game. That's not fair. The thing you should be comparing is previous years, mm-hmm. like Final Fantasy on Final Fantasy. So, mm-hmm. so um, if if you know the prices are down, there's I hope there's a reason the prices are down. That's kind of where I'm at. And if it's a if it's a budget issue, it seems pretty straightforward. There's a lot of different methods to fix the budget. So like, uh, I guess for example, all of our flights and hotels paid for. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I don't know if you guys know that. Um, mm-hmm. a good way to help with the budget is we could book our own hotels. Like every single one of us have individual rooms. I think that's kind of excessive, right? Mm-hmm. Like some of us might need individual yeah. rooms, but also as like a team, shouldn't we be rooming with each other kind of a thing? You know, like we get to know each other better. Like that's, that kind of seems straightforward to me. Mm-hmm. I don't So... Yeah. Could, Two, three people in a room, have them joined, whatever. How, yeah, and that makes sense. Or do like Airbnb, whatever. Like that seems. Yeah. And if people want to do their own thing, they can do their own thing. That's fine. But that seems like a good way to, you know, get a lot of money back from the budget. Um, stuff like that. Like there's a lot of little things. And if it's you can't make new product, whatever, well, then just stamp the world's logo on current product. You know, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of cool, unique things you can still do. And, I kind of wish they put more effort towards it. I kind of feel like there wasn't there there is effort in here, but there could be more. That's kind of what I'm getting at. No, that's fair. That's a that's a very uh, that this has been your KP talks. Oh, dude, this is like maybe a tenth of it. I'm <laughs> trying to condense hole. it. No, that's okay, man. The rabbit hole. It's our new in. segment. That's right. KP Ten Radio. KP yeah. KP Radio. There it is. Oh, that's the name of the episode, by the way, John. Write that down. KP Radio. <laughs> so hey, you, what was, do what? Formats. I was like, yes. what was the other question? <laughs> yeah, so what are your thoughts on the format? And, uh, you know, do you, I know, again, Double Deck has been received very, very well. Um, what are your thoughts on having that with draft? So uh, I'm just going to start saying with, uh, when I first started playing this game, I thought best of one was garbage. Mm-hmm. And I was wrong. I think best of one is actually good. However, Best of three is always better than best of one. So mm-hmm. uh, because of the variance, like kind of what I brought up earlier in this episode, uh, the only time I beat Nokimoto is when he got bad variance. Mm-hmm. Like, that, like that, that's not a fluke. Just throwing that out there. Like, yes, I believe sometimes like there has to be some luck in the card game, right? Because sometimes mm-hmm. there's just, uh, let's say, Chris, let's say you have a 90% win ratio against somebody else. I don't, I'm not mm-hmm. going to say names, but let's say you have a 90% win ratio. Um, that 10%, like, that needs to be there because that encourages that other player to keep going. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, luck is a thing, but I feel like luck in this game is dramatically lower 
than a lot of other games. I feel like the skill is rewarded way more in this game mm-hmm. than it is in some other games. So um, the fact that that is the case makes me want best of three way more. Kind of like what mm-hmm. Ben was saying earlier, just like the variance is reduced. So I prefer best of three. Um, now, two-deck format, there's pros and cons to it. Um, I am a very big advocate of like the structure of it. Um, mm-hmm. I used to play in a lot of team Grand Prix for Magic, where it was like uh, 3v3, and none of your teammates can share cards. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, forever ago, um, I teamed up with Lopez, and we both had like blue decks. Like I was on Grixis, and he was on blue-white. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Snapcaster Mage, so he couldn't. Mm-hmm. But none of his opponents knew that I had. Like, if they looked across, they would notice that Snapcaster Mage. But like, people are so focused in the games, they don't. They don't look at that. So mm-hmm. like, a lot of his opponents did not realize like he couldn't play Snapcaster Mage because I had it. Like stuff like that. Um, and also, it rewards more deck building. So I'll bring back Nationals. Um, he had 73 fire cards. Project Zodiac mm-hmm. had 73 fire cards in the two decks. If I start with Mono Fire as my first deck, and I switch to my second deck for game two, do you think my deck's going to have fire in it? Most likely yeah, not. Most people would think no, yeah. Yeah, so like it rewards deck building in a manner that is kind of unusual. So mm-hmm. um, in three-deck format, it would be more of a stretch, but I'm still a fan of that too. Uh, you'll see things that are not normal in just like one deck normal format. Uh, also, tier two decks shine in multiple deck format, and I love that. Uh, it's not just the best of the best. Some people will bring a tier one deck and a tier two deck. That's kind of the norm. But like some tier two decks just crush some of the tier one decks, and that's that's what you need in double deck format. Also, those meta calls. So, uh, you can kind of... It depends on how much the format's taken over. Like, uh, mm-hmm. Waterwind. <laughs> you know, how many decks... Was it actually 50% at Gen Con? I don't, I don't remember. It was, it was a very high Damn amount. Damn near. I, I think about it. I think it... I want to say... I, I want to say, like, Adam, when he crushed the numbers, it ended up being, like, over 50%, like, 54% or something like that. Yeah, like, roughly. if it was like that... Then I think playing a tier two deck is a good a good strategy if it beats that tier one deck. But like mm-hmm. you know, if if the best deck is like fifteen, twenty percent, it's probably not worth it. So like um I Cody, I'm not calling ice tier two, by the way. Just just don't that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the cut. Um but uh what I'm trying to get at is you get to do unusual things and get rewarded for it. So, like, uh, I guess I can just... Sam Prime. He won mm-hmm. the tournament with something that, in my opinion, was abnormal. It wasn't... Nobody else was playing what he was playing, as far as I know. Like, they may have mm-hmm. knew what he was playing or had something maybe close. Like, I don't know if somebody else had Fusilia and Vaughn together. Mm-hmm. Um, they might have. I, I'm not sure. Um, that'd be pretty common nowadays, probably. But mm-hmm. I doubt they... You know, played Ash in their deck, like how Sam did, or played some other cards. Um, and that seems kind of unique to the format. Um, I know I bashed on Ash earlier, but Ash is better in two-deck format. Mm-hmm. Um, another card 
that I bashed uh, Cody with is the backup Jill that uh, takes no damage mm-hmm. backups. Um, I'm not a fan of that card either, but it's way better in two-deck format because mm-hmm. you're more likely to see cards that it's good against. So some of those like backburner cards that are specific for certain matchups, your chances double in two-deck format or triple in three-deck format. So, mm-hmm. um, I know I'm rambling about this now, but no, uh, it's okay. Like, no, really, I don't think I ever would have played Royal Ripeness in a single deck format. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a good example. So, um, yeah. Overall, yes, it's good for the game. I like it. The one thing I didn't like for nationals specifically was how the finals played out. Mm-hmm. With uh, so. Sam Prime was the winner of the, the upper bracket, mm-hmm. and their match was only best of three. Mm-hmm. And that didn't change for him the entire upper bracket. So in a way, it kind of felt like he didn't get any benefit for winning the upper bracket. Mm-hmm. Whereas, because it put him and the winner of the loser's bracket on equal ground. So Emmanuel, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think they should be on equal ground, because Emmanuel had another loss that Sam didn't have. So. Um, there's a lot of ways to solve that. They could do like best three out of five, but Sam only needs two wins. Uh, mm-hmm. Two, you know, reset. Have two best to threes. Reset the bracket. There's a lot of different ways you can do it. What I don't want to do is what uh, I think in Euros they did, where like the loser lost the first game, and then that's it. Like that seems oh, really. Yeah, we harped on that for a good fucking thirty minutes. That was, yeah. I was hot. Yeah, I, was hot. I, I like the reset. I like that they have to win twice. Like a tennis, basically, you have to have a point on them, kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, it really sucks when you're. Um, I actually don't like the lower bracket structure either, but um, that is not at Worlds, so I won't really go too in depth into that. Yeah. Um, it's odd but, for a card game to have that kind of bracket set up. Yeah, I mean, it, it's you play two deck format the entire day, and then if you're in the lower bracket, you. Um, play a different format from everybody else. That seems kind of strange. Mm-hmm. So, and also it's two deck format. And you can only play one deck. It's like uh, that's kind of unfortunate. So, um, but anyways, uh, I like the world's format. I, I do like draft. However, I don't like the set for draft. Mm-hmm. The set's still fine, but I, for example, Opus Nine feels better. Mm-hmm. Like even with Bahamut Zero existing, Opus Nine feels better mm-hmm. um, for draft. Uh, but I do like draft and a world's environment, so um, I'm I'm pretty ecstatic overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the negatives for the tournament format that I had in my mind don't exist. Like all mm-hmm. the things I got from nationals that I thought were negative that doesn't exist in worlds. So mm-hmm. that's kind of relieving to me. Um, mm-hmm. So. I'm I'm pretty ecstatic to actually play in the tournament. So that's awesome. Well, we're just gonna run it right back around. So Kyle, since we're still on you, if you're gonna win this thing and you get a chance to pick the next promo to be oh, a full boy. like Alex did, what car and obviously it can't be a legend. I wanna say it can't be a legend, it can't be a mono art. And it can't be a common. Yeah. What what do you pick? Well, I'm gonna try and break the rules. Do do you uh think? Do you know what I would pick if I can? Well, break? If you oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, if you can break the rule. Yeah, 
What, what do you think I would pick if I could break the rules? Uh... Oh, I have a guess. Shit. Um, man. Sephiroth? Nope. Oh, fuck. John, you Zodiac? got three steps? Zodiac. Yeah. Fuck, that's a good one. And it's funny because like that card has like no actual like monetary value. So no, it's a it'd be a really dope full art. Yeah, so I, I would want to pick that, but I don't know if they would let me. So let's say they wouldn't. Okay. Um, after that, I I have no idea. I would actually maybe try and troll and pick Riku. <laughs> I would pick Dataluma, but it's a mono art, so I can't pick Dataluma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Full art Gasper, baby. Here it comes. Gasper and Thaumaturge are commons. Rough. Uh, somebody mentioned Death Machine at Locals the other day, and I think that's a common too, though. I'm not sure. Maybe it's... But I honestly don't have... I don't have a pick. Um, my, my favorite card in the game is Unit H. There's already a full art. So, yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I honestly don't know what I would pick um, outside of what I mentioned. Well, that's fair. Cody, what would you pick if you win full art? Um, and I'd be okay if you said Duke Larg with Hunter Nance's face on it. <laughs> That's it. You got it. I think we, we've talked about this in an Uber ride before. Uh, what, <laughs> Several. What my, pick, what my pick would be. Um, unfortunately, Harley is a common. Rough. Um, <laughs> Whoa. So, Edward isn't, though. Yeah, but oh, Edward but it's a mono art. Mono, mono art, yeah. Um, so I think it probably would be Duke Lard. Um, mm-hmm. People chomp at the bit to have it. I know I would. Yeah, I, w- I would love to choose like something like Sid Reigns, but I feel like that's a if JFB wins Worlds, I feel like that's his card. Like that's I don't want to, I don't want to be like the guy that takes that away. Um, or or do you? Or do I? Yeah, that's right. Maybe what happens when you step maybe, on American soil, brother? Maybe that's the play. Um, and then outside of Duke Lard, maybe Rare Jill. Uh, sure. Or Ash, you know, anything to get at Kyle, really. Anything just to ruffle oh, his boy. feathers. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of cards that could do that. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> no, I think a full art Ash would look really primo, personally. Now, Ben, what about you? Full art. I'd have to put a lot of thought into it. Um, my my gut would want me to break the rules, too, and actually mm-hmm. go with Cactar. I'd want a full art Cactar because that's just my favorite card. Um, Another one? common. Uh, but the other one's just uh, Japanese only. That's true. Yeah, so I'd want a uh, until I'd want the next gift English. tin. What's that? <laughs> I said until the next oh, gift tin. No, 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 no. Yeah, maybe I they could the do next, that. Next, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe they could do that. That'd be cool. But um, so I'd want to. That's what I'd want. Um, honestly, if it gets there, if it happens, it'd mm-hmm. obviously be an amazing honor. But I'd probably check back with my uh, all my homies at Collectors Cash. All the all the locals, I'd let them put in a vote and see what they did, and that way it'd kind of be all of us picking the card out. The man of the people. The, the the democratic way. I love it. I love it. Now, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up, but I you know, we're talking about promos here, and what you guys can't hear is um there was the the intro had a very heavy wrestling theme to it. I'm not going to divulge what that is. I want you to listen to it first. Since we're talking about promos, I'm going to need each of you to cut a sick promo on how you're going to win Worlds. 
You know, I need to hear the listen up, brother. Come Sunday at SummerSlam. I, I need to hear the full nine. <laughs> I need you. I need you to put strike fear into your opponents and let them know that, you know, that Hulkamania will run wild on you. So Ben, we're gonna come right back to you, brother. Brother, oh man, have you sorry. seen me? I do <laughs> I do not have that type of nature inside of me. Nature um, boy. Woo! Yeah. I uh I, I'd be the I'd be the the silent death stare. You know, I'd just be just be narrowing my eyes on you and just bring it. Oh, an Arn Anderson type. Okay, okay, I respect that. Okay, okay. Now Cody. Cody, I'll I'll let that slide. I, I, I need to I need to hear your best promo. I need you I need you to put the plane into a nosedive and take us to WrestleMania. <laughs> oh man, am I am I piggybacking off of a, a current wrestler like off an old oh, you promo? Do, do, do however you want to do it, man. This is all this is on you. Oh, all right, come back, go, go Kyle. Let Kyle okay. go first. Let, let me work I'm, I'm trying to figure it out too, man. Whoa, I'm type, <laughs> I'm typing up the script here. Hold on, <laughs> <laughs> like Jim That's Russo cheap. over here. Uh-huh. Like Chris on his uh, his intros. Oh man, <laughs> I try. You you have to. Sometimes you have to write it down. But I I need, I need to know what what your opponents are going to have to look forward to when they play you in the two the 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 the, the weekend rumble in sunny Los <laughs> Angeles. <laughs> oh gosh, it would have to be something Ric Flair inspired. Um, Woo! There you go. <laughs> it has to be. I'm just trying to plug in his entire like Rolex wearing speech with just. Oh nice man! Gosh! <laughs> <laughs> Squaw slamming, saber j- jamming, <laughs> wheeling dealing, chaos wheeling dealing. Man, that already beats what I was thinking of. Oh so man! Saying, card, card stealing. That's got to be. Oh, oh man! I'd be going. I'd just be going straight macho man. You might have to go be be the Project Zodiac jersey wearing in a world's team jersey wearing. Just keep it going. Just go off the cuff, baby. Off the cuff. Card stealing. Chaos wheeling dealing. Yes. Sephiroth riding. Squall flying. (laughs) Son of a gun. Boom. And I'm having a hard time holding these freeze tokens down. Woo! (laughs) Man, that, that now that now that's a that's a promo from a world champ slapping the strap on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, we should have just got the championship belt. We don't need this trophy. Oh, dude, if if, if it was me, you'd have snap had a championship belt. You just break the top off and make it into a belt. Yes. <laughs> All right, now now Kyle, take us home. Take us home with something. We're, we're, we'll we'll play you off. Uh, give me a sec. Yeah, that's right. Watch out. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it off of uh the Moogles deck. That Do it. <laughs> this is exciting. All right, Moogle searching, Fusoya burning, Sephiroth flurrying. I got, I got started over. I, I fucked up. I'll okay. keep it going. Keep it going. All right. Moogle searching. Rusoya burning. Sephiroth flurrying. Puma recurring. This is your Puma final recurring. fantasy. Recurring. Oh. 
Puma recurring. I love that. You just dropped the this is your Final Fantasy at the end. Like, ooh! Man. Hot. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, guys, <laughs> thank you for being on, on here tonight. It was an absolute blast. And, uh, you know, everybody can kind of look forward to these over the next couple weeks leading into Worlds. Um, now, before we f- sign off, I actually want to say, Cody, I actually want to thank you um, in particular because you're actually giving me the chance to actually be present at Worlds um, by allowing me to be your plus one. So I will actually I will be there to hang out with the boys in sunny Los Angeles. I will be I will be your mouth of the South Jimmy Hart. I will be your Jim (laughs) Cornet. I'll carry the tennis racket down to the ring. (laughs) Cody, I will be awesome. Dude, Cody, I will be your Virgil. I'll just hold your deck in the background like the million dollar man, just have it fanned out and just you know (laughs) just whatever. It's gonna be great. I'm so tired of LA, Chris. You have to take this one for me. Take one for the team. <laughs> well, if I must, if I must, it's a labor <laughs> of love, but it's gonna be a really exciting weekend, guys. I appreciate you being on. Um, I love the insight. Um, I can't wait to see what the think tank that the North American team is, you know, kind of whips up all your testing groups. Because I know you guys talk. I know you guys also have your own local areas that you, I mean, obviously the group that plays at Collector's Cash is just absolutely nutty. Uh, you know, Project Zodiac is a really nutty team. You guys, you guys do a lot of good work. So, you know, I look forward to seeing, you know, to seeing what Worlds is going to bring. Um, and I wish you all the absolute best of luck. Uh, with that, John, do you have any parting thoughts? No, Chris, I just uh, look forward to our set review. We're going yes, to be recording yes, that this um, Wednesday. Wednesday, I think. Yeah. Yep, it'll be me, you, and uh, Curtis Kang himself, the three of us, the tribunal, doing the uh, set review, letting you know uh, how we feel about everything. Um, if you're looking for an early set review now, I know uh, the world champ, Alex Hancock, has already put out his set review. Um, give it's it a, a great it's a read. Really good read. Very, very insightful. Uh, 10 out of 10, some would say. I'll give it an 11 out of 10, Chris. I just, uh, I'll, I'll go that I'll extra mile. Well, I've been giving 12 out of 10s, you know, because I think, you know, Squall is a 12 out of 10. So I'll give his uh, set review a 12 out of 10 as well. That's just because you love Final Fantasy 12. I do. I I mean, it's only, you know, fair that 6 times 2 is 12. (laughs) And the only thing better than 12 is 6 twice over. There you go. The math checks out. Numbers don't lie, Samoa Joe. (laughs) But, uh... With that being said, guys, I hope all y'all have a great night. Thanks for listening, as always. We will see y'all next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening once again to the RVA Returners podcast. If you like this content and you want to hear more, check us out on YouTube at RVA Returners. And make sure you follow us on SoundCloud and check us out on Google Play and iTunes.